Hey, I want to take a moment here at the beginning of this episode to thank our Patreon backers, the people who've gone to patreon.com slash duckfeedtv. The very weekend this comes out on the public feed, um, we are going to be at the Portland Retro Gaming Expo um, at a booth with the Retronauts and also doing a live show about the WarioWare series of games. And we're only able to do that because... Uh, people have given so generously. It's an expensive proposition, and we can't afford it easily because of the income that we get from you. A um, couple of notes here. We're going to be having... Um, so our, our live show is on Saturday night at 8.30 p.m. That's in the evening. Um, additionally, there's going to be a joint Retronauts and Watch Out for Fireballs meetup at the Quarter World Arcade in Portland, Oregon. Um, that runs from 8 to 11. That is 8 in the p.m. Retronauts will be there the whole time, we think, and we're going to be there for the final half of it. That's all the logistical stuff, but if you want to help make other events like this possible, patreon.com slash duckfeedtv. Now let's talk about this very, very good game. Gary Butterfield. My name is Cole Ross. And you're listening to Watch Out for Fireballs. It is a Games Club podcast. And this week we are talking about Resident Evil 7 Biohazard, which is a survival horror video game developed and published by Capcom for the PlayStation 4, Xbox One, and PC in 2017, making this the newest game that we have covered under this new format. Mm-hmm. Even though at the time, wasn't Dishonored 2 newer? Like... Uh- more recent, yes. Yeah, more recent, yes. Yeah. Um, yeah, and happy Halloween, everybody. Yeah. Oh, okay, we got that, you know, that uh, that response episode coming mm-hmm. at some point, but this is pretty close to Halloween. Happy Halloween, everybody. Pretty close. I hope that you enjoy yourself and uh, are safe. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Halloween I hope you are a little unsafe. <laughs> and don't just, enjoy yourself. Just, just a little. <laughs> yep, I hope you have a real miserable time. Yeah, I hope you sit at home and think back on Halloween when you were a kid and how good they were, yeah. and how much it sucks to be an adult. I hope you end up in a trunk. Yeah. But not, um, by, by what you mean by accident, like you know, like most of them have releases. You're fine. Have you yeah. ever you ever looked on the inside of a car's trunk and seen the little little safety tag that has the uh, the like the IKEA instruction cartoons that show the person springing themselves out of the trunk? Every every car I've ever had, uh, I filed those off. So no. Okay. Um, <laughs> so, just in case they don't know. Yeah, just just in, in case they they don't have it. So yeah, you know, 
Um, yes. So this is uh, the final game of our Resident Evil month. Uh, and it's also been one of our most frequently requested titles. Um, I, I jumped at the opportunity to do this, man. This is so good. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm really, I'm really glad we did, too, because it gave me an excuse to play it. Right. Like, there, you know, there's a sea of new games out there. Um, you know, this has always been something I wanted to play. But, you know, I don't get to play everything I, I, I want to play. This is kind of how it is. So uh, this gave me a good excuse to do it. And uh, it didn't disappoint. No. Nope. Like, I was a little bit nervous about it. I played the demo. I think we talked about that in the back matter for some show. I'm sure we, we talked about our mutual experiences with the demo. And, like, I like the demo, but I was like, oh, you can't do this for, like, the whole thing. No, you know? no, and then, you can't go full PT, right? Yeah. And, and a full game of PT would have been exhausting. Yes. Like, PT is cool. A, you know, a nine-hour experience of that would lose its charm. Yeah. Uh, and muster. Yeah. And so this actually does a, a really good uh, kind of expression of, of not doing that. Um, so really, really happy to play it. In a walk, like, one of the best games I've played this year. Absolutely. Um, yeah. In a Resident year Evil that is already... In a year that has already been very packed with extremely good games. That's it's every year, man. Yeah. Tony, I know I make that point all the time, but that's the same thing I said last year. Like <laughs> every year is, is full of good games. Yeah. It is uh you know, there's only good years for games now. Yeah. We are we're ascendant. <laughs> uh, the gamers have finally triumphed. Yeah. Uh, you come know, a long way. Yeah. We've we've come a long way, babies. <laughs> welcome welcome to the gamer zone. Um the yeah so it is it is a really phenomenal game and uh, it stands up you know um, amongst all these other uh, you know releases mm-hmm. um, yeah. yeah and I, I'm excited to talk about it yeah and it stands uh, up to a close read like when I'm thinking about and have just recently played some kind of classic Resident Evil games like the the comparison you know like it heightens both I think yeah I think so too like this doing this with the context because this is very similar to r e four where this is going to be the kind of thing where there are people who just like this and don't actually like Resident Evil right you know it doesn't have it's it's not quite as disparate as, as it seems like there are some connected threads there, but mm-hmm. it is you know a new revamp yes a new yeah. reset and we talked about that a little bit in the last episode like you know it it was it were, was required yes you know even after r e six even though I like r e six like they couldn't just keep doing this like <laughs> dumb action mythology there's only so much you can escalate right yeah yeah and that you know like there's i think there's multiple like junkyard climaxes in that where you fight a monster in a junkyard like (laughs) it is uh, it escalates quite a bit yes they're they're up to the c virus now like (laughs) it's a it's real bonkers yeah um this this uh does does a lot by stripping a lot of that away Mm-hmm. Um, as we'll see. Um, so the, one of the, the biggest departure, the most obvious thing, uh, way this is different is it's in the first person. Yes. Um, um we played survivor for object suffering. Like there have been entries that have been done in the first person before, mm-hmm. but no mainline entries. Absolutely not. Um, yeah. and this had a lot of people kind of wondering what kind of implication it would have. People were drawing comparisons to other notable, first-person horror games like Amnesia or, you know, we already mentioned PT, they thought that it was going to be something something of a fast follow where it would just be purely based on pursuit and escape. And there's some of that there, but this is kind of a return to form for this series. You know, they didn't turn so much away from action, right? Mm-hmm. You know, the previous two, three games in the mainline series were, you know, very action-based, um, this is much more in the vein of survival horror. You are doing some classic Resident Evil stuff just from this kind of claustrophobic perspective that gives you a really good view of the detail of the environments that you're in. Yeah. Yeah. It's not, it's on the whole game is on a continuum, right? It, it starts off as old Resident Evil and becomes new Resident Evil. Yes. 
as you get to the end. So it, it actually handles both. And there's actually an arc there rather than something like, again, RE6, like kind of starting all the way in the red and ending all the way in the red. <laughs> you know, there, there are slowdown moments of that game. But for the most part, like it turns it up right from the start. Yeah, they, this, they bend this the cranks needle. it up. Yeah. Yeah. This like this cranks up the tension, cranks up the action. Um, and it ends up being kind of like a game that is weirdly bisected. Like there are there are parts of this. And this is a game that I think will always be remembered as like. Like a like a better example of like the full metal jacket thing. Yeah. You know, like this, I don't think this shits the bed at the end as much as a lot of people do, but it's mm-hmm. always going to be like the first part of this is incredibly special. And the last part of it's like merely good. Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, people on replays are going to probably like drift away at a point on, you know, where their particular tolerance for what the final part of this game does kind of like, uh, lets out. Right. Yeah. Yep. 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 Um, yeah. So in this, uh, in this game, you play as Ethan Winters. Um, you are just a regular dude who is searching for your missing wife. Uh, that search leads you to a Louisiana home uh, that is inhabited by a group of psychos. Yes. Um, so thank the hills have eyes. Thank uh, <laughs> Texas Chainsaw Massacre. It is definitely a house of one thousand corpses. Yes, there there are probably I didn't count, <laughs> but there are probably close. If you collect all the corpses, you get to unlock the magnum early. So right. <laughs> you collect all one thousand corpses, it gets you entry into the into the thousand floor challenge tower. I, I'm imagining a game where you collect all like a house of a thousand corpses game where you collect all the corpses, but you do it uh, with like the, the body moving mechanics of like Metal Gear Solid 2 or Thief or something <laughs> yeah, Hitman. Yeah. where you just like you, you're looking at the level and it just sprinkled with corpses like there'd be coins <laughs> and you just, you know, and just had to, like drag them back into the same like, you know, corner. You're just describing or, viscera cleanup detail. <laughs> like macro viscera. <laughs> A corpse is like the biggest piece of viscera that can be like as far as units of viscera. Yeah. I think a, cor- a corpse is as, as big as it can get. Yeah. I think viscera is a subset of corpse. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so a huge part of this game. I, I mean, like I, I want to call it charm because like this is a pretty charming and entertaining game for how wacky it gets. But a lot of that comes from these characters. Uh, you know, this family of villains that you're dealing with. They're, you know, eccentric outsize the performances that are put in are really really good um and they're scary because they throw you around like a rag doll but it's one yeah like one one big reason why they're scary yeah so like they're obviously you know they're they're very capable but um they're scary for tons of reasons right like this this game is very much um playing on and we talked about this but playing on the like psychopath hillbilly Mm -hmm. trope you know right wrong or whatever like you know i'm sure that there are uh you know medium.com pieces about how that trope needs to be retired etc but this is playing on that yeah you know you're going to go somewhere where people are uh kind of above the law and have kind of degenerated uh you know not above the law but like you know beside the law and have degenerated they are beyond the law at this point (laughs) yes beyond the law and and you know are no longer operating under the same kind of morality and Mm -hmm. you know are somehow tainted you know usually through cannibalism Yes. You know, how this 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 Sony Bean, uh, you know, Chainsaw Massacre stuff kind of goes. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's playing with that uh, to be scary. Um, in addition to just kind of the unstoppable, you know, nemesis figure this mm-hmm. of these guys, uh, which we'll talk about when we talk about actually fighting them. But they are also, you know, unstoppable where that like throwing you around part comes from. Um, yeah, they're just really, really, really well sketched. A big part of how they are so sketched, I think. Um, and this, you know, is possible, to, you know, possibly controversial, but this is the first Resident Evil game that's been written by a Westerner. 
Um, this is Richard Piercy, who's the guy who worked on the the Fear expansion. Uh, I think the, actually the Perseus Mandate one, which is the funniest name of them, <laughs> and uh, Spec Ops the Line. And this has a totally different uh, tone and different kind of weirdness to it than Resident Evil does that is so much easier and more naturalistic to me. Yeah. Um, like the dialogue here is really good. <laughs> and Resident Evil dialogue, the weird thing about that is like when it was bad, it was good because it was bad. Yeah. Right. Like Jill Sandwich is good. It never got good. No. Like it never got like, you know, again, as a defender of Resident Evil five and six, like it's not like I'm just like, man, this is, you know, I'm investing in these characters. I care about this, this stupid plot, but I'm never <laughs> like, this is good dialogue. I love yeah. Shiva. You know, like, I love this character. You know that fat guy that hangs around in Revelations? I love him. <laughs> like, that. nobody know, nobody cares about that guy. Like, he's a terrible Bill? character. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Terrible character. Terrible dialogue. Like, there's nothing to make that guy good right. and interesting. You know, yeah. like, it's all boilerplate. And this actually feels like it was written by, like, like, like a movie. Or, like, it feels like a, a professionally written thing. Right. You don't have to judge it on the video game curve. <laughs> right. You know? Um, it's kind of amazing. It really, uh, it really is. So to, to to simplify that dichotomy that you set up, Resident Evil writing and dialogue was always entertaining, but it was never good. Here it is both entertaining and good. Yes, yeah, it is. It is audacious. It has that kind of like offness mm -hmm. that a you know good horror has. You know that kind of. It's not like explicitly Lynchian, but it's something that like Lynch is famous for, where it's mm -hmm. like this doesn't feel natural. It's just a little bit off, mm -hmm. and that's why it's compelling. It has a little bit of that uh, mild degree of offness, but also sounds like you know like there's economy of words and there's all these things that i want in writing mm -hmm. uh that also does and you know you know we, we made the made a point of this being written by a westerner it's not like i don't think that people from japan are good writers like of course i do um but i do think for this kind of dialogue and this kind of setting this is what they needed to do yeah i also think that if they had just made this like if this had been made by the people who made outlast or what have you mm -hmm. it would be less interesting it would be outlast yeah which is which is significantly less interesting than this i think this is a really a cool case for like a merger of <laughs> you know like these like very you know some of these designs feel very uh like japanese horror inspired mm -hmm. and not just obviously evelyn which is you know clearly that but even just you know some of these monster designs are very like junji ito like yeah you know kind of things um that you couldn't do if you were the outlast people i've right. seen the you know the warden of that psychiatric ward he's just a guy with like weird skin yeah it's, it's, all, ding, it's all ding dongs all the time yeah yeah it's, it's ding dongs and and ding dongs and bad skin and then like that's it <laughs> you know and this this game has the courage to do things with ding dongs that i've never seen before <laughs> like the mom ding dong gets an <laughs> yeah, expression that like th that i've never you know that's like wow that so it, i feel like this is a really interesting marriage of kind of like western and eastern game development values right in a way like you can hear me uh choking that back because i'm imagining people on twitter like yelling yeah. at me about it it's so the, like the, but, the, what you're describing is something that makes silent hill fucking excellent at this kind of stuff is taking western horror and doing a doing an eastern kind of like take on it right yeah i mean and so or dark souls which yeah. is western fantasy with like with through like an eastern lens like my favorite things are that marriage of those those two mm -hmm. so like it, i'm not always on board for like what is it like to be a japanese high school student yeah. uh you know which a lot of these things where it's kind of pure at the same way i'm not on board for call of duty you know i think that you get like when you get that synthesis of these mm -hmm. two different cultures values you get the weird shit yeah and that's generally what i'm here for mm -hmm. um and this is a great example of it and i love that like it came through in the dialogue like <laughs> dialogue is so fucking important man and like 
I couldn't, I couldn't, they're like line. This is a quotable game. <laughs> like this is, this is the kind of like a movie where people, you know, yeah. Duke Nukem 2054 could be saying things from this game. Like this is quotable. Yes. Uh, in, in a way that like RE5, RE6 isn't yeah. RE4 is cause it's special and, and dear to me, but like most <laughs> of the games are not right. Right. You know, it's, um, it, like there's so much of the dialogue in this game. Um, it's incident, right? It, mm-hmm. you know, it happens, when you're moving around, it happens, you know, with the uh, person who's chasing you, like calling out to you, taunting you. This game has some of the best barks I've heard in games. Mm. And that seems like a really weird thing to compliment, but it adds so much to the characterization and to the sense of fear that like gives you the idea that this person is playing with me or protecting me. Or, yeah. like, you know, you get a sense over the game for some of these characters of them losing their mind you know, based on the fact, you know, because you are eluding them, like yeah. all of that is conveyed through this dialogue. And, and just, you know, the performances as well, mm-hmm. which are like uniformly excellent. I don't actually know the people who are the voice actors in this. Yep. Um, they don't feel like it, like the usual gang of ringers, you know, <laughs> it wasn't just like four Nolan North's like, you know, stacked up like cordwood and delivered to the, you know, to Capcom. Right. But like, it's, you know, it doesn't feel like, you know, the, the usual suspects, um, but everyone does a great, great job. Mm-hmm. Um, so, it, you know, that direction, everything about it just kind of comes across perfectly. Those barks, you know, we talked about this before, like I've read multiple times in interviews with the game writers that that's the hardest thing to write, mm-hmm. you know, is just, uh, you know, henchmen, uh, barks, like people, you know, when the, when the hero is hiding and Batman is thrown out an ice grenade, you need to come up with like 30 things the henchman can say. <laughs> so it doesn't get too tired about an ice grenade when they're scared of Batman. And this game, the fact that it just nails this thing that is known to be a difficult part of games writing is just uh is is really admirable yeah admirable is where i would use as well yeah yeah so expect us to gush about that you know especially when we are talking about the areas that any one of these characters presides over yeah there are individual scenes that are just like amazing (laughs) like amazing amazing this has been generally a positive month even with last episode i think yeah um you know i mean we were kind of down on that but as far as games we've been down on Mm-hmm. not so down but uh this has been a positive month and has been fun to to go through for sure and just have this to talk to and you know being puzzling surprised by re3 as well yeah um yeah so th- this game um you do get like kind of knife and some melee weapons uh early on but the action ramps up really slowly um the first portion of the game you're entirely disempowered and is almost just a big interactive cutscene <laughs> for large parts of it right um that is not meant to be a uh a slam against it because not they do really good stuff with building that suspense like the it's com- terrifying <laughs> the comparison i would make would be like early on in um think about the think about the arc of shadow over insmith what am i thinking of dark corners, dark corners of the there Earth. we go yes yes, yes. Think, uh, that would be a comparison if you had played one but not the other mm-hmm. um so when you're not fighting these bakers you're actually fighting these you know kind of new zombies the new regular enemies are called the molded which are these beings made of bioengineered fungus they're humanoid because they used to be human we're gonna find that out um but they they are black and slimy and kind of completely mutable it's like dead space because what you're trying to do is target their limbs um and target their head um to disable them like you well, get in, the, good in, in dead space you explicitly don't target the that, head. That, that's what i yeah, yeah. That, that, yeah. That, so in this one i mean i mean there's there's probably is a comparison here but i wouldn't I personally wouldn't use dead space just because it's like you don't want to go for body shots. 
that they yeah, that, that, that's also the, you don't want like you're going for headshots yeah well there, there like there are certain enemies though like there are blade versions of the molded that you want to shoot their arms off because they can do a shitload of damage to you if you don't have your blocking down um yeah. so like you disarm them and then you're able to take them out further like limb shots do help you yeah yeah, it's it's a way. Like I I didn't end up actually when I when I concentrate on that I did worse than when I just went for headshots. Hmm. So like when I when I kind of went through my second run up of this game and I was like, okay, I'm gonna be smart about ammo. Like I just went for headshots and was a lot luckier mm-hmm. than I was like trying to dismember them. Yeah. Um. But it, it does it does play with it. It's not just uh, bullet sponge zombies. Right. You know that, that we've dealt with in previous ones. Um. It's a little bit like you know again like it's like RE4. Mm-hmm. You know, where you might want to shoot a knee or you might want to shoot an arm to do something like that, but also you're going to concentrate on headshots. There's no, uh, uh, you know, reversal of that. Right. You know, the, the enemies. But, um, yeah. yeah. Something I forgot to make a note of here, but I mentioned offhand, you actually have a, you have a block button, which is crucial to your success. Um, because yeah. a well-timed block will prevent most of the damage that you're getting. Uh, and you can't really move around that quickly compared to the enemies that you're, you know, that you're fighting. You're so slow. Yeah. Like you are, the, you are as slow as you've ever been. Like that's always been part of Resident Evil. Um, even you know the the action games move pokier than most action games. Um, you are extremely slow. Yeah. In this game, um, you have like a quick turn, but enemies are almost as fast as you are as well. Um, you're going to end up standing toe to toe with a lot of these enemies, which is very much a choice. Like that is something you want to avoid at all costs in every other Resident Evil game. Here, you have to be right up next to these guys. Um, and that block is absolutely essential. Like a perfectly timed block will, you know, negate almost everything. Even a poorly timed block is necessary. Yeah. Um, I found this game to be very hard, um, in general, and not just because I wasn't shooting the arms off blade men. Thank you. Um, but I, I found I was this gonna game to be, that comparison. Yeah, nah, I know, I know. I just, <laughs> I was just uh, making sure. But like, I found this game to be pretty hard, and blocking and making sure you're diligent with every single, you know, blocking every hit that comes in will make a huge difference. Um, the game kind of tells you about it, but then also kind of it tells you about it in like a cutscene. Mm-hmm. It's real weird the way that they tutorialize blocking in a way that uh, doesn't necessarily emphasize its importance. Yeah, it's the uh, rock star problem. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so, you know, kind of a bummer there. But if you if you're going to play through this, if you're listening to this and you haven't played it, which like for God's sakes, you should play it. Like, don't listen to this without playing the game mm-hmm. uh, unless it's too spoopy for you. And then, you know, happy to provide a service. But if you're going to play it, make sure you're blocking everything. Yeah. Don't forget that that button exists uh, because yeah. that'll also save you resources. You know, yeah. uh, the, we're, we're back to a realm where, you know, ammo and healing items, you have to hunt for them. You have to conserve them, covet them, uh, mm-hmm. even though it does give you the ability to craft more of them. That is really just it, it would be just like finding uh, like uh, a, a green herb or whatever. Like the crafting system doesn't ameliorate that. It just gives you more choice of what to do with the limited resources. Yeah, you find like something that can be turned into multiple different things. You can yeah. kind of adjust at your own difficulty, whether you need more health or more ammo mm-hmm. or what have you. Um, so limited, you know, pretty limited, um, but still still welcome, mm-hmm. you know, to be able to uh, to make those choices. Because a lot of times like, you know, it, it was like a choice, like, oh, like a. You know, I can I can feel a boss coming up yep. like I need to load for bear. or I'm not going to make it right. Um, so this you also have limited inventory. You have item boxes, uh, safe rooms, um, all that stuff comes back. Right. All that Resident Evil stuff comes back. Also, uh, puzzles kind of come back um, like classic RE style puzzles. Get the three different kinds of keys, get the, the four different kinds of crests, uh, that kind of stuff. Things where you have to uh, manipulate the environment. You have to turn things around in your hand to uh, to see the secret. 
Um, all of that stuff is back. Yeah. And uh, the game is actually pretty puzzle heavy. Um, there is one uh, subversion of that that I think is like brilliant, brilliant, which we'll get to. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that is a, a mind blowing thing to me. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's pretty pretty great. Like I'm I'm so happy to see all of that. The resource scarcity, the item boxes, limited inventory, classic puzzles. Like when I discovered that that was the case, I was over the moon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And not, and not so far that it was just again PT. Right. You know, because that's what the the first uh, the the first thing is. Mm-hmm. Um, every time we talk about PT, I keep thinking of like paid time. Like oh when, yeah. You know, on a time clock, because like people are like, oh, it's like PT. Uh, things or physical therapy like it sounds yeah. like an initial for something other than playable trailer yeah, I, th- I think of a uh, uh, physical training like at boot camp so. yeah. How, yeah how funny is it the name of that thing is playable trailer <laughs> like how bland is that it's pretty up yep, <laughs> like, it's a uh, it, it is playable a white trailer a white can that says beer yeah here, here's a here's a liftable cup for me to put my drinkable beverage into <laughs> like it's a playable trailer give me a break uh, um so no wonder you failed uh, <laughs> it's good that all that stuff's back um but that kind of wasn't always the case the original conception was something that was much more close to resident evil 6 they're gonna make it like the evil dead but then they scaled things back mm-hmm. yeah for the much for the better um, so this was uh, kind of shown off well before uh, its announcement to kind of demonstrate Capcom's new VR engine uh, that they did. Uh, this is a game that uh, can be played in VR um, and like kind of awesomely has no compromises for that if you right. don't play it in VR. The only the only compromise is resolution, and that's just yeah. because of the PSVR. Uh, so in 2018, next year is the time we're recording this, uh, it's going to be playable in VR and the other systems as well. I'm mm. very curious to see what this is like on the Vive or the Oculus. I, I think it would be too much. I don't think I could do it. I want it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I can't. I can't do uh, like this was almost too scary for me to play on its own. <laughs> I want to so, get my like, face in that suit, man. <laughs> yeah, can't. I can't do the face suit because just because there's always going to be like here's here's the, the you've already have this, but I'm going to put this poison bug in your ear. Every single time you put on that headset, uh, Things are happening behind you all the time. Mm-hmm. So I know that's the fear, but just like, <laughs> man, I can't. Uh, I don't. It's the same way I don't like walking around like super late at night with headphones on. Yeah, I don't like yeah. depriving myself of senses. Like, who knows what's gonna happen there? Even if it's just like a big moth. <laughs> you know, I don't need a big moth like landing on my neck. How, um, how big we talking? <laughs> uh, like, like, like maybe like, uh, like, the, like, the, like a USDA uh, portioned piece of protein. Okay, yeah, like you a know, deck like, of cards. Yeah, yeah, fits on a deck of cards, but like a moth. <laughs> yep. <laughs> you know? A moth like, that uh, Lepidopterus would covet. Yes. Yeah, just a uh, you know, Lepidopterus paradise. <laughs> um, imagine you know that just being in your apartment. You put on that headset, like that thing could be all over you. Like <laughs> yep. crawl under your shirt. Could be like hiding in your cereal. It could be like hiding under your pillow for when you like lift up your pillow. Oh yeah, just really, really getting up in there, uh, yeah. laying eggs on my back. Like covered with that dust, Ugh, you know, that dust. moth dust. Uh, so that's what's going to happen as soon as you play RE7 with VR. I'm going to unleash you've, you've, a you've just done, of mega moths. You've just done an emotional violence to me is the thing. I, I didn't I didn't invent moths. They they just exist and moths they're scary. Moths invented themselves. Yeah, moths are self-actualized uber moths. <laughs> and they have created themselves whole cloth, out of whole cloth more or less. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and, and are there to, uh, yeah. to scare us all. Yeah, uh, lots of people. When the idea of horror games on VR, they say like, Ooh, "Too much." Like that is one of the only things that would get me excited about VR. <laughs> it is one of, like the only genres that it will work for. Yeah. Like I, I do think that we are still like in the midst of our 
forcing genres down its throat. Yeah, yeah. Like indie, you know, indie developers are doing interesting things with it, and I still see people talking about like you know watching YouTube's of people doing demos of like pretty bland looking laser tag shooters. Yeah. Uh, you know, in it because they're trying to make you know map traditional genre onto it. Yeah. In a way, but horror horror would work. It's just like. I don't know. Yeah. It's also with this too. I wonder like, cause people played through this, uh, totally. Oh, totally in yeah. Um, Allison, um, yeah. Community member and friend, um, played through this on, on VR the whole way through. It's so, it's so funny that it would be such a weird experience because it gets so much less scary as you go. Mm-hmm. So like initially I just imagine it being just like absolutely ridiculous and then becoming manageable. I could go, I could almost see like playing the first half of it without the helmet <laughs> and then putting on the helmet. Putting on the helmet like, once you get out of the main house. Yeah. Yeah. And just like, okay, now I can I can jack in, but then that moth's there. So <laughs> I'm just waiting for you. <laughs> just waiting for you to put on that helmet, man. <sighs> um, Nobody suspects the moth. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh so we've talked about the demo a little bit. They announced this at E3 2016 and a demo was available immediately. Yeah, yeah. The, the the kitchen or like it's like Resident Evil Seven. And then yeah, the, yeah. The, the kitchen was the VR one, and then beginning hour was the uh, was the E uh, three demo that they put out. Um, that was its own thing. It takes place in the guest house, um, and uh, amusingly, there's one item that everybody was trying to figure out how would how you would use it, um, a mannequin finger, and we'll talk about where that shows up. Uh, the cool thing about that demo, um, you know, it it didn't work for you because there there was no combat and it was kind of one note, but they changed it over time to reveal more. Of, uh, about it's, the final game i like the demo it's not that it didn't work for me totally i okay. just didn't want the whole game to be like the demo yeah, yeah. was my point um yeah they did change it It became this evolving kind of um like arg know, is the wrong word that's almost what but I it's wrote. very close right yeah. yeah like it's it's really close to that where people were trying to come up with solutions and the puzzles uh the way you solve those were really arbitrary bullshit mm-hmm. um, i've read about that a lot where it's like you know if you linger on this page of the document mm-hmm. um then something will get unlocked you know all the all the very worst in adventure game logic yeah where like you do something and it just triggers something else and they the two have no connection. Yeah. Um it sounded like as that demo went on it got more and more bad and obnoxious. Yeah. Um there's also like a good ending to it eventually that is uh supposed to be incredibly hard to to achieve. Yeah. Um so I didn't you know I didn't keep up with it and I'm fine with that. Yep. Um cuz the uh, the real game actually is its own <laughs> thing and a, and a better thing it seems like. Yes. Um and we're not alone in that. The game was uh, reviewed very well. Um sold quite a bit. Um, so it didn't quite meet Capcom's expectations, but has recouped their development costs, mm-hmm. um, you know, has, has done, uh, what was the number? I read an interview today. It's something like it's 3 like, million, it's like three and a half, like 3.7, yeah, something like that. Yeah. So like sold a lot and, and did well enough for them to be doing another game in this engine. Yes. Uh, or another resident evil game in this, uh, the style rather. Yeah. Yeah. Um, excited about that. Uh, so frustratingly, you know, thought, Hey, this game's been out for a little bit there. You know, everything's been said, uh, no, there's DLC coming in like a month. So sorry, we're not covering that. Oops. Yeah. Um, there are two packs of DLC, uh, uh, all of their DLC is called band footage. They're kind of framed up as these VHS tapes, um, that are available. We'll talk about those in the game because weirdly they take place in story. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and like, the ones that are just like modes we'll talk about at the end. Yeah. They're worth just, we'll, we'll you know, say our couple sentences mm. on it. Um, they are like, they, they're they mixed so far. I have uh, a lot of hope for these ones that are coming up though. Yep. Um, and they were supposed to actually be out. So, you know, we didn't, when, when we planned, mm-hmm. like it wasn't like we were like, oh, it'll be out and then they delayed it on us. It's just at some point they were going to be out by now. Right. But they pushed it off. Um, there's a trailer out there mm-hmm. for the uh, the next major one, the Chris Redfield one. 
Um, not a trailer yet for the like end of Evie. I think is the, the end, the end of one. Zoe. End of Zoe. Yeah, the uh, the actual final story one. Yep. So there's stuff out there though, and we might you know depending on how we're feeling and maybe in a, an appendix if we both played it. Mm-hmm. You know we won't cover it in detail, but we might give our brief thoughts on it yeah. when those are out. Yeah. So. Yeah. Gary, we spent too long not talking about this game. Um, let, let's uh, let's get into it. So this uh, this opens and real quick, this is a generality, but it's worth uh, pointing out. Um, you talked about being able to examine things in first person. Um, I also think that this game looks incredible. Like mm-hmm. there are some bad textures that pop up. Like every once in a while, there's like, oh, this is a, a workbench that looks like Minecraft. Like, but the, <laughs> not like a Minecraft workbench, but you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, but the, like every once in a while, it'll be bad. But for the most part, like things like the the molded um, or just kind of the basic premise of this wouldn't work. Uh, previously, and I think that is rarer than people give it credit for. You know, there there is a uh, you know general kind of onward and upward thrust to like technology, and a lot of games will either use that to negative effect, like you end up with an Arkham Knight thing where everything like everything is just covered with trash, and it, there's no point to it. Like you couldn't do this in PS3, but why do you want to do it in the first place? Right. Um, or just the game is like The Last of Us HD, where it's like you know a remaster, where it's like yeah that looks better, but like. The game looked great before. This mm-hmm. is strictly unnecessary. Right. Um, I think this game actually justifies its generational, you know, like pedigree. It certainly does. Um, and I think that you, you you notice that the most when you're right up in somebody's face. Yeah. Like, you can see the individual pores on their skin. Like, you get a sense of, like, oh, you've got flop sweat. Uh, you know, you haven't shaved in a while, so I can see that you know, sticking out. Um, there's something a little bit off about your eyes or about the cast of this. Like that is all lovingly rendered in a way that um, kind of makes everything feel very immediate. Yeah. yeah. And just, and just the detail And the, the reason why I brought it up here was this first scene, you know, after you get the tape, when it shows you driving, mm-hmm. um, there's parts where that looks like kind of photorealistic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The driving like looks like an opening of a movie, but that's getting ahead. Um, so it opens uh, on a VHS tape. Um, a, a woman on a ship uh, sending this loving message to uh, Ethan, who is you. Um, she's on this babysitting job, looking forward to being over, wants to see you again, et cetera, et cetera. Yes. You know, it is kind of the standard, oh, this is the last known footage of my significant other being real lovey-dovey that the hero would watch over and over again obsessively. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and then Ethan pulls out a laptop uh, and, you know, is kind of distressed. We get this other video of that same woman saying that Ethan was right and that she really was lying. Um, and it ends, um, you know, distinctly with her saying, all I can say is if you get this, stay away. Yeah. This is explicitly like Blair witch. Yeah. You know, like that, that is the, uh, the, the callback her like very sweaty and kind of close up on the camera and you know, it dark, it's being dark and stuff. Yeah. Um, of course he doesn't stay away. No. <laughs> um, as I mentioned, he's driving to Louisiana. This looks amazing. I was on the phone with his friend uh, and he's talking about, uh, no, like she's alive. Like I got to go find out if she's alive. It's been three years, you know, mm-hmm. um, and her friend who we never hear from again, like <laughs> doesn't check up on him or anything. Yeah. Like even says, um, <laughs> Ethan like, even says where he's going. So. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, so there's a couple of minor like uh, little plot uh, niggles mm-hmm. in this, like just little things that are like, ah, uh, you know, and that's one of them. Like what happened to this guy? Yeah. Yeah. You know, you're only gone for a day, so it's not actually that big a deal, but it just feels longer. Yeah. 
other than that. But, you know, he's headed into what appears to be uh, like a like a second unit location for True Detective season one. You know, you are in you are in Dolby, uh, Louisiana. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, You head up. You have to pull. uh, I love when when you're driving on this first part where it gives you the tutorial to, like, look around. Mm -hmm. Um, So you stop, like, watching the road like it is just (laughs) like look out the side of the road and just, you know, free ball it all the way uh, to where you stop. Um, you head up, you get to the um, the gate, uh, you know, you can't get into the main house, so you kind of have to circle around. Um, and your first kind of sign of trouble is this abandoned TV band, uh, van, rather, mm-hmm. uh, camera van. And uh, you look inside, like the doors are open, it's clearly has been just kind of left. And uh, there's a sign on your way there that says, accept her gift. <laughs> yeah, uh, uh, letting you know right away that something is going wrong. Uh, also, something that is going wrong when you see the radial display of horse legs and saw blades. That there are a lot of animal parts. <laughs> yep, <laughs> but they they tutorialize crouching by having you crawl through a double dare apparatus made out of horse legs and saw blades. Yeah, fear factor. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, and uh, you know, so it's, it's just kind of giving you a tutorial, but it already looks like things are terrible. You know, mm-hmm. so this is the biggest suspension of disbelief you'll have to do. Yeah. That this guy's willing to go into this horse leg and saw blade uh, convention to like, yeah. you know, to save her without With, like. Without the police. Yeah. You know, without the police. Um, you eventually, you know, you get through. Uh, we see a man walking through uh, in the kind of the distance. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of creepy, but he disappears. Um, there's a couple, you know, there's these crows on a piece of meat couple jump scares and stuff but mainly yeah. we're going to get into this house uh as soon as we go in the house and this back door it's dark the door locks behind you and we get to the kitchen yeah which is the first kind of uh big set piece of the game <laughs> this kitchen is so disgusting yeah it's really good the the my favorite detail is when you open the um the fridge and the goo that you know that's stuck yep like uh there's just slime that is stuck to the door that opens like a you know like an alien egg bursting yeah like like big goopy strands of mozzarella yeah Um, it it does look like somebody had a hospitaliano uh, in here yeah Um, Uh, my favorite detail is the crow in the microwave um also this family really loves putting up uh aluminum foil on their backsplash which is no way to live come on (laughs) yes There's like a there's like a garbage garbage bag in the the oven. They put, there's a lot of details like that. That, are, that feels very real to me. It does. I feel. I mean, they they had to have looked at this is this is sad. They had to have looked at actual hoarder behavior because yeah. you, you like you hear about that. Like, why did you why did you put the garbage bag in the oven? Well, there was nowhere else for it to go. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know. Um, so like this feels meticulously researched that they looked at, you know, like goon layers and stuff like that Yeah, to, 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 to get this here, um, full of, of really, really fantastic detail. Like even the big thing, even the, the stew, the, the cook pot Mm -hmm. that is full of cockroaches and just kind of, you know, assorted organs, uh, you know, and stuff is just like really, really spooky, you know, of course. But uh, also just looks gross and real mm-hmm. and, and feels real. And I've, I've said this before, but I'm always down for like an abandoned kitchen mm-hmm. kind of scene. Like that Miss Havisham rotting wedding cake, mini mansion, you know, a hall with a rotten turkey. Like anything that is this, yes. I'm here for. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, you know, everything here screams, this place is abandoned, but not. Right? Like, yeah. Like the people who are living here have different life priorities than you do. It looks like it could be like a swatter, 
you know, a place like people could live, like junkies could live here. Yeah. It seems yeah. like, you know? Yeah. So like the, it, it can't be overstated how much this sets a tone because most of the environments in this game are fucking gross. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Like really, really nasty. Like yeah. viscerally nasty, which you can see them leaning into that for the VR factor. Of course. Yeah. Um, the, there's a paper here saying like, Hey, there, you know, 20 people have gone missing in, in, in two years. Um, and we find out what happened to that camera crew when we find a VHS tape up in the attic, uh, that gives us, um, an in-game flashback mechanic, which is real cool. Which can actually affect like the future in a weird way. Like if you find, uh, there's a collectible called ancient coins that you pick up throughout the game that is kind of a currency, um, and you can find them in the past and they still count towards your total mm-hmm. uh, in a weird way. So these uh, these tapes end up being actually kind of weirdly important. Um, some of them are optional. Yep. You know, like you don't actually have to do them if you if you don't play the game before, if you know them. But uh, it's an interesting kind of mechanic. So you, you find this tape, uh, you put it in, and uh, this is that uh, Sewer Gator show, which was like a haunted house ghost chasers kind of kind of program <laughs> like a youtube channel um i love how well sketched all these characters are particularly um uh, uh pete the host mm-hmm. you know who is complaining and you know telling clancy the the cameraman like oh you know i'm gonna fire you because you suck blah 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 don't you know i used to be an anchor why am i doing this youtube shit yeah <laughs> yeah and it turns out he was an anchor like on you know some regional yeah <laughs> you know he, the other guy gets you know bust his balls yeah uh the, you know they're going back they're exploring this this spooky house uh you know and they talk about the family that live here, and they were just like, oh, they, you know, they, you know, they weren't, they weren't monsters. It's quiet. Yeah. You know, but they, they have this bad seed. Yeah. And this kid named Lucas. Yeah. Uh, and they've been missing forever. This family, so that's you know, why they're exploring it. And it's the same thing. Like you go in there, and you, you very specifically, you like open the pot. Mm-hmm. Uh, as the cameraman, there's no cockroaches. You know, so it's it's how you can tell the time travel. Bit... You, you you grab the vinegar, and it was wine now. So. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then you pass it through the TV like it's poltergeist. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, like right away, Andre goes missing. Like you both turn your back, and then he's he's gone. Andre's the uh, the producer, um, and Pete, the host, finds a secret passageway in a fireplace. Like, okay, well, you go, and then like get the hero shot of me coming down after you. Yeah, <laughs> and he's he gets he starts getting scared. Like he starts getting nervous and 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 buttering you up and stuff. Um, when you get down there, you go down the, this ladder. Um, you see uh, Andre facing the corner, and again, this is an explicit Blair Witch. Mm-hmm. thing um but then when you go up and grab his shoulder he has had his face slammed into a pipe yep um <laughs> so. and uh and falls down dead and then you you both get attacked yes um so the way this works is this interesting way that you know the past like sometimes just going into the past and seeing these vhs tapes uh lets you see things mm-hmm. uh, differently so this just clues you into the fact that there is that little lever in the fireplace yep if you know about it you can go there first mm-hmm. uh and that's one of the things that was nice about the demo is it did weird things based on that Yes. Like if you if you did things out of sequence, it would actually change the world <laughs> um, here. Not so much. No, no. Uh, but it's a cool thing. Like it shows, you know, you you see somebody else finding the thing that, you know, yeah. wants to go forward. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so when you go down there is Ethan, the ladder breaks and you're kind of stuck in this waterlogged crawl space. You find Andre's body, which is real, real gross. Uh, mm-hmm. Just kind of it kind of like bubbles up. I think you just disturb it from the bottom. Um, but you get, uh, into the conspiracy room in the basement, you know, the, the evidence dungeon, the wall of crazy, and you find a note with just this list of names that, uh, that are all under these three categories, either dead, turned, or just L. Mm. (laughs) We'll find out what L means later. Yeah. 
Uh, and pretty, pretty much you're, you're looking for these bolt cutters because you can see, um, if you look, you can see a cell where, where Mia is. Um, she's on, on a bed and, you know, I'm expecting her to attack me right away here because she's got her head down and stuff, but she's just panicked and, and kind of confused. Right. You know, um, I can't believe you came here. I told you not to come here. We have to go. Daddy's coming. We have to go really, you know, right now and, and starts dragging you out. Um, you're like, yo, what the hell are you talking about, Mia? Like Ethan's mm-hmm. characterization of this is very funny. Yeah. <laughs> like he never, he never gets to like Leon, you know, classic flat resident evil protagonist, right. but he has a flatness up to him that I think is very funny. Yeah. Like it, um, he, he's more concerned because like, Hey, you sent the message. You told me not to come, but I come. She doesn't remember. In fact, she's, yeah. she's lost time. She has no idea. Like when this is in relation. She, yeah. You tell her it's been three years and she's really surprised. Yeah. Um, um she, you get to the end of this passage here. Yes. Uh, and she's really really concerned because there should be a door that leads out but there's not you know kind of in this basement lounge um you know they're uh oh gosh i I think she says oh we're going to be a family now that you're here um there's also like a a photo of an old woman that is marked as e001 like just a bunch of stuff that doesn't add up yeah it's very confusing and you just go you say wait here you go into this room full of dolls (laughs) <laughs> uh you know spooky dolls and just uh just to see what what happens uh and when you when you come back um you can go upstairs right the uh the you know the thing is there and uh me is no longer to be found right um so you you, you kind of continue upstairs um you head upstairs you look around a little bit there's nothing no you know so you start heading back downstairs looking for mia and she starts crawling up the stairs after you <laughs> um in a very uh you know very uh ringu kind of a kind of a shot yeah she is moving unnaturally whereas she was just kind of disoriented before she's moving with this like weird aggressive confidence um and you know she does something that a lot of the uh it feels like it's a like a posture made for vr like a lot of the characters get right up in your face by like holding onto your shoulders yeah Uh, and you can even see like her skin is taken on this weird cast you know around yeah she looks totally different her like her gums pull back Mm -hmm. uh when this happens it makes her teeth look more sharp um, she looks real crazy. Her yeah. eyes are, are sunken in. Yeah. Um, and this begins kind of this long parade of her mutilating you because she picks up a knife and then stabs through your hand as you try and protect yourself from it. <laughs> yeah. And this is where it gives you the tutorial to defend yourself. And it looks like it would be so ineffectual. Yep. You know, uh, but you do like you get cut up real bad. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, as, as is happening and she's stabbing you and you just, you know, I don't know what to do. Like, She's stabbing me. This is no good. Um, eventually, she just stops. Right. You know, and uh, and and after she stabs you through the hand with her knife, which is, you know, uh, you know, an act of violence you don't often see done to your your protagonist outside of Tomb Raider games, right? Uh, where people jerk off to it. <laughs> of course. Um, yeah. The uh, so uh, she knocks herself out against the wall, um, and you get to kind of uh, you know you think you're like okay, like I'm fine. You go to check on her. She wakes up and throws you through the wall. I've been bad. Uh, I deserve this is what she's yeah. saying. And, you know, she's she's screaming at you incoherently, you know, the the, the, the whole the whole time um, she throws Ethan through a wall. And this is where you find yeah. a hatchet. Uh, and this is how she tutorializes melee combat. <laughs> and yeah. like you have to kill your wife almost with your bare hands because she is trying to kill you. Yeah. You know, um, yeah. And it, it's it's hard and you're you're getting used to this blocking thing which again you know felt like a storyline thing rather than like a combat thing weirdly enough yeah um you know but you you do that you kill her you eventually cut through her neck 
um, you don't cut off her head, but like into her shoulder diagonally. Yeah. And uh, all her color comes back. She looks like herself and she falls down. Right. Uh, and your character is kind of in shock. You know, you're breathing in and out really fast. Um, you start kind of making your way through that, like presumably to get some kind of help mm-hmm. uh, or go to the phone to call the police, even though previously it had just been a, uh, a dial tone. Right. Um, or like a, a disconnected tone. Mm-hmm. And uh, the phone rings. Yes. Um, there's a woman um, named Zoe uh, who has an accent. Sounds like she's from around here saying like, hey, you shouldn't you shouldn't have come here. But the way out is through the attic. Um, so, yeah. OK, thanks for the advice. I will take it. Uh, when you go to pass by the room, you know, that was opened up by your body, by by, by Mia, uh, her body is gone. Yeah. And the door is unlocked, which leads you back to the first part of the house with the, the kitchen and the VCR. Yes. And stuff. Yeah. Um, now the other bolt cutters, um, you can go get this fuse from, from a cabinet and, uh, and head back. Um, as you do, you see Mia walking by <laughs> that's like, well, little shit, you know, like, okay. <laughs> just kind of in a daze, just, you know, slump shouldered, like what's, what, what's going on? She should not be alive. Um, you <laughs> use the fuse to get up into the, get up into the attic. Uh, and so as you're r- r- walking around to get to those stairs, Mia jumps you saying like, Ethan, it's okay. It's okay, it's me. I know you didn't mean to hurt me. (laughs) You shouldn't have done that! It fucking hurt! It fucking hurt. Um, yeah, I just I just cut that dialogue in because it's really good. Uh, her, I, her delivery on that. The thing she pops out of is so made just for that. <laughs> you know? Like I kept poking into that when I was exploring. I was like, surely there's something in here. Yeah, it's just no. like a little like uh, like utility closet almost. Yep. It's just it's just a jump closet. Yeah. But uh, you know, does that stabs your hand uh, into the wall with a screwdriver so you can't leave, um, and then comes back with a chainsaw and you are forced <laughs> yeah. to just like watch it happen. Uh, as she she comes down and you, you know you have a button prompt to try to unscrew your hand yep. um, and even if you do that perfectly you get it out just in time for her to grab it and saw off your hand yep um, which is incredible like it, it again just you know uh, a, a lot of vir- violence to happen to your protagonist mm-hmm. there's a little bit of uh, at this point you are presumably not infected you know there's no point in spoilers. Like we're gonna get to all of it. You mm. become infected at some point. So presumably you're not infected. So there's a little bit of kind of goofiness of you just walking around with a stump. <laughs> yeah. Well, and the stump is always held up in front of you. It's like, yeah, does, he, does he think that blood. like, Oh no, I need to make sure none of the blood falls out. <laughs> Got to keep, yeah, it, just trying to keep it clean. Yeah. He, he doesn't want, he doesn't want to be rude. Nothing gets blood <laughs> out. Um, yep um this is intense though. This is such a great opening salvo. Yeah. Uh, to just, to, just to set like, Oh my God god like she she cuts off your hand um you know and and she you know mia like she's screaming you know must contain the outbreak must burn it all down you know as she as she's in as she's in her rage um you run you get up to the get up to the attic uh get your get your handgun like okay well fuck it like we're just gonna have to deal with this now um as you try and get out of the attic through the ladder like up to this uh, uh you know window at the very tippy top Mia comes in and chainsaws herself through and attacks you. Well, and she she pops out of the ladder. Like she she's coming out of the door you're going up to. Yes. And uh and kicks you down, like kicks the ladder down. Mm-hmm. Um so it, it's you know, there there is no escape, and you have this kind of boss fight with her with a chainsaw, and like this is uh tough shit. Yeah. Um, you know, this is difficult. You have a gun, 
but uh, it requires, you know, a lot of headshots mm-hmm. to take her out. Like she is uh, inhumanly durable, uh, which is what we're getting from this, obviously, because she's gotten up a bunch of times. Right. But um, it is it is a tough boss fight. Um, watching this on the mega difficulty, the Madhouse difficulty you can unlock um, or watching this on speed runs like it, it requires perfect. Yes. Uh, you know, execution. It's pretty crazy. <laughs> um, and you're going to come out of this pretty beat up. Uh, we didn't talk about health items but you find uh like health juice um which you just like hilariously again just pour on your stump (laughs) like and later this ends up again this makes sense because you get infected but initially it is you're just dumping like bactine on your fucking (laughs) i mean so right like restorative items in resident evil have never really made a a lot a lot of sense you know like i'm gonna spray myself and it's fine just pouring it over like where you're not even wounded yeah it's very funny just like pouring it on your hand yeah um, it's good. Yeah. Um, but this is a big fight and you have very limited resources. You know, you only have so much ammo, you only have so much health and you have to pretty much nail it. And then she dies. You know, she says, I love you. Okay. I, I, I don't believe you're dead yet. So who knows what's going to happen? Like, what's the next step? Well, the next step is to be welcomed to the family. Uh, mm-hmm. because Jack, you know, it's not backward, just quiet comes up and attacks and we get kind of these fleeting, you know, in and out of consciousness shots of being dragged into the main house. Very famous, uh, famous scene. Um, you wake up, you see yourself being dragged to the house. Um, you know, you wake up, you go in and out of consciousness um, as you're as you're heading to this uh, this main house there. And uh, this is presumably like during this night, this is presumably when you get infected. Right. Uh, because you wake up, um, you're chained to this chair and your hand is back. <laughs> um, you watched it get stapled. Yep. Huh. <laughs> you know, it's just literally stapled like a staple gun and you're fine and you can move it um, because of, you know, secrets, like because of, uh, as, as you'll, we'll find out later, you have the, the mold or the, the Evelyn juice or whatever mm-hmm. flowing through flowing through your baby. Yeah. Um, you wake up at the supper scene, which is, again, just like blasting us with iconic, amazing scenes, <laughs> um, is one of, you know, the best scenes I've seen in a game this year. Easy. Yeah. Um, you know, like, you know, like top 20 ever, probably. <laughs> like, this right. is such a good scene. Yeah. So you have the entire Baker clan in front of you. You got grandma off to the left, um, do, you know, kind of staring off into the middle distance. Um, mm-hmm. You've got uh, Lucas, who is throwing food at you. Uh, Lucas is a real piece of work. He's the bad seed that we, that, you know, that we heard about. Um, Marguerite is bringing some food to you, you know, and you also have Jack, the person who attacked you. Yeah. And they're kind of carrying on a conversation that is like this kind of twisted parody version of a family conversation. <laughs> the, uh, a big part of why the bakers work is that they always operate with this kind of fucked up version of family dynamics. Yes. Like it is always, you know, mommy, daddy, son, and daughter, you know, kind of no matter what, even when they're doing real fucked up shit, <laughs> you know? So like the, uh, the, the, you know, they want you to eat. Um, Marguerite's like, you know, it's good. I made it for you. Like she's being kind of a version of maternal, mm-hmm. you know, and, and Jack is being a version of paternal, mm-hmm. you know, you, you, you gotta <laughs> eat. And so much so that he's like, cut your mouth open. Yeah. <laughs> like at a point, like 
like like, like he like like he gets up and like slashes at your face and he's you know putting this mysterious meat like right up right right up in you uh he only breaks his attention from you when lucas um like upends a tray you know saying like oh he's not gonna eat and so jack sees fit to turn his attention to him grab his hand and then just hack it off with a with a with a table knife yeah and and lucas is fine like oh not again you know so it, it is uh it is it's weird it's it's really hard to express like just talking about it how well this hits the balance of like goofy and scary yeah uh, one of one of my tweets when i first played this now is kind of over the moon like this is a little bit like wes craven's nothing but trouble is <laughs> yeah is, is is a little bit like some of the like some of what this is happening here um i like this much better than either of those two uh things but like that's what it feels like to me yeah 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 it's a uh, it's it hits that it hits it very very well yeah <laughs> um so he's about to cut open your face more and give you this and when we say meat like again it is assorted organs it's, it's clancy and intestines is, is, is what it is like this is, this is very much implied to be cl- uh, cl- uh not clancy because we find clancy pete the, the the host from before. yeah 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 it's human yeah um and as they're about to uh you know actually shove this down your throat uh the doorbell rings and uh, oh i bet you it's a damn cop again um everyone disperses except for grandma <laughs> and uh you had to get out you know you tilt over your chair um you get out and now you are in your first kind of you know, escape sequence yeah. uh, of the game because Jack uh, comes back, you hear him call for you and you have to kind of make your way out uh, to get into this crawl space. Yeah. Ethan. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's really good. There's a scene that, um, and I didn't, it didn't happen for me. I watched it online. Did you get the foot scene? I got it the first time I played, but I didn't this time. I, I love the courage of making that not a cutscene. Uh huh. Like it just being a thing that's going to happen uh, to a certain number of players if they just happen to be in the right space at the right time. Mm-hmm. So like essentially, what you're going to go do is go grab a key from this uh, counter and use it to get in the call in the crawl space. Um, as you head to the counter, Jack shows up there, <laughs> and uh, this is probably a good time for us to talk about the general kind of like stealth mechanics. Yes. Yeah. Of the game. Um. So it's a stealth sequence. Like you need to hide from him. You have uh. You don't have a knife at this point. No. Um, so you can't fight him, you know, even if you wanted to. Um, you just need to get away. And uh, stealth in this game works a little weird. Um, enemies, so anything uh, that you can hide behind acts as like a, a totally invisible, you know, totally uh, opaque wall. Mm-hmm. You know, they will not see you if you crouch behind anything, no matter if it's like a shelf, uh, you know, that you can clearly see through, things like that. Yeah. Um, and uh, breaking line of sight is very important. Right. So when you are running, like closing doors behind you are not important because it's going to take them time to open the door. It's important because it lose, they lose line of sight. And if they lose line of sight at any point, I think they actually just lose you. They like lose uh, focus or something like that. Like it buys you it buys you time or it diverts them to another an, another path is what it feels like. like. The, I think they'll continue to follow you uh, for like a time if they just see you go into a place and close the door. Mm-hmm. But if it's like they forget that like they check if you're there, but if you're you know, they don't have like the logic to be like, oh, there's no other exit right. to this room. You know, they will they will stay there and wait for you. Yeah. You know, and then eventually leave. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if you just hide behind some crates, whatever. Yeah. Um, like the stealth is not super advanced. No. In this. Um, you don't have a lean button. You can't uh so you have to kind of make some kind of you know, you're going to get chased. Mm-hmm. Um it is designed for you not to do it perfectly. Right. And um, it, it feels like there are sometimes like mandatory times where Jack or whoever will end up just like right behind you to start a new sequence or like yeah. a, like a new a new run in this in in, in the stealth uh, scene. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 
Um, the nice thing is like you, you know, it wants you to get caught and wants you to be chased because being caught and being chased is incredibly fun <laughs> in this game and really, really stressful. Yeah. Um, you know, so that's good. That's going to happen. Like I ran, this is a very simple sequence actually. Um, you know, there, there's one little wrinkle, like as you head back with the, uh, the key, he'll burst out of a wall, uh, <laughs> which is amazing. But, um, other than that, like this is really simple, but it still took me a lot of tries because I was panicking. Yeah. You know, which is what they're going for. Right. Um, this foot thing, though, we got to talk about this foot thing. Yeah. So if you try and go into the crawl space while Jack is in the room, he will yank you up and then cut your foot off. Yes. <laughs> um, and then he throws it to the others. He throws it aside and then gets out a health potion and crouches down in front of it and says, like, you know, grab your foot and crawl over here. This will make you good. <laughs> and you have to just kind of like crawl right towards him, which, you know, he still has his his axe. Like he's still scary as shit. Um, and then reattach your foot and pour this juice on it and your foot just knits itself back together. Yeah. I almost so I like the bravery of them making that optional. I think that a lot of people left the I know that a lot of people left this game not understanding that Jack was infected with anything. Or not Jack, Ethan. Uh-huh. Uh was infected with anything. It'd so it'd be really weird if Jack was the only person who wasn't infected. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Huh. Um, but it is uh a lot of people played this and didn't think that Ethan was infected. Right, right. They're, you know, um, so I think that almost having the scene mandatory would have been good just to really, really underline it. Really hammer it home because yeah. it, it would be hard to believe that Zoe was good enough with a stapler to get your hand on you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And just and be able to use it perfectly and, you know, yeah. color comes back to it and everything. Right. The, yeah. the, the the principle at work here is that these drinks just contain nutrients that accelerate the growth of the of the fungus that is keeping you whole. Right. Yeah. The, the mold feeds on it. Yes. Yeah. So you get into the crawl space and you get over to the uh, to the laundry room, which is your first safe room. You save your progress not on typewriters, but on little uh, um, cassette tape decks, which is cool. Mm. I like that. It's still anachronistic. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, laundry room is disgusting. They've got some socks that have been there for a very long time. Uh, don't don't get me started. When you, um, when you click on him, he's like, ooh, smelly or something like that. Yeah. It's like you just – somebody was trying to make you eat a, a you know, still warm intestine from yeah. a dude. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just you, you almost dined on pancreas, man. Stop. Like I, I really – you know, if I had it in me to replay all these games, I would love to do a, make a Twitter that was just Resident Evil understatements. Yep. Because it's one of my favorite things that they do continuously in this game. <laughs> so in all these – this series rather. Right. Yeah. Um, you get a phone call from Zoe and says, hey, you can get out if you can get into the main hall. Uh, and if, if if in your flee, if in your flight from Jack, you got over to this main door, you saw that it was that it was locked um, and that you just have to find the part of this crest. Yeah. Um, and the, the thing on your wrist is called a codex. Don't lose it. Um, you have this little smartwatch that shows your Resident Evil-esque health meter yeah. uh, on it and eventually does some other stuff. But that's the important part now. Right. Um, yeah. As you're leaving, uh, a deputy knocks on the window um, <laughs> up to the front uh, and says, like, hey, you know, what are you doing? He's shining a flashlight. Um, you come over and you sound like you've lost your mind. Right. Um, Please give me your gun. Please. Yeah, I need your gun. You know, and just like I, I do think it's a little weird that the cop doesn't like when you're like, hey, there are crazy people here and they've taken me prisoner. Like, all you have to do is show, show your hand. Right. <laughs> you know, like li literally and figuratively and, uh, and be able to, to get. But, you know, the cop is skeptical. It's just like, well, we'll meet. You know, you got to give me a weapon. He gives you a pocket knife. And, uh, <laughs> Ethan is again, not very happy. Like, just this? Come on. It's, it's underlining, again, like, you are so disempowered right. in this game. And it's one of the magical things this game does because Resident Evil games always have that empowerment loop, right? Like, you start off with ammo being very scarce, and you get to the end, and, and usually it's not quite as scarce. You know, you have very powerful weapons and such. Um, 
this game does it, I think, better than the rest of the series does. Yes. Um, you start off more powerful in Resident Evil 4 than you do here. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's not as big, it's not as steep a curve. Right. Here, though, like just you know, going from no weapon to like the shittiest weapon <laughs> uh, until eventually, you know, you really gradually move your way up mm-hmm. until that final boss fight where you're like, the, you know, the final real boss fight of like the Baker arc where you are a walking, you know, militia. Right. Um, this, you know, starting off with just a pocket knife, even if it is as effective as a regular knife would be, uh, is still symbolically important. Yes, very much so. Like really the only good thing that it does. And I know, I know there are people who are very good with this knife if you know where to attack, but like really all that this is good for is getting you into the garage by letting you cut open some tape on the, on the, on the, on the fuse box. Bust open crates and stuff. Yeah. 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 Um, you do this to get into the garage. That's where the cop, uh, wants to meet you. Um, you get in there, uh, the deputy approaches and he's like, now hold on. You know, he's just trying to get the, get the story. And then Jack cuts his head in, in half with a shovel. <laughs> Ridiculously. Yeah. Um, this has to be the sharpest shovel in the world because he doesn't just lay It's not like just hanging off or whatever. The, like the, his skull cap just, shoop, yeah, just slides he, he, off. Like where a samurai sword is so sharp that like the person cuts in half afterwards. Right. That kind of thing. Yeah. Um, you know, killing, killing the cop. And then you are, again, you're trapped in this garage uh, with Jack. <laughs> yep. Um, and Jack begins this fight by saying, fuck it. I'm going to kill everybody. Yeah. Um, it's <laughs> extremely good. This boss fight is so fucking good because it's the perfect. I love it yeah. so much. <laughs> so the, uh, you can just, you can fight him. You have, uh, you know, you can pick up the gun from the cop. Mm-hmm. And you can fight him. And that's how I did it the first time. The <laughs> you, the smart way to do it. You don't want to do that. So l- yeah. l- let's l- let's bear this out because yeah. like the, the 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 bad end for this, if you decide to approach it like a uh, like a regular fight is also really good. And it highlights that this is an incredibly dense encounter that can shake out a bunch of different ways. So like mm-hmm. if you're going around, you know, dodging his attacks or blocking them and taking shots, you know, you don't have enough firepower to actually kill Jack or to do much of anything. Eventually. He grabs the key off of the workbench, gets in the car, and it's a demolition derby and you are the other car. (laughs) Like he starts just backing the car up and like trying to run you over. And so this is a fight with a wild car in a garage and he will kill you. Yes. (laughs) Um, But doing that and very similar to that really clever puzzle from later, him doing that to me realized like, oh, the car keys are in play. (laughs) It's like really clever. It's almost like you're designed to do it wrong the first time Mm -hmm. because you would never think in a million years you can get into a car in a Resident Evil game. No, you just think you you arrived in a car, but it's, yeah, it's a setting piece. You know, it's, it's so I can dodge around him because it does, it does serve that function. Mm -hmm. Like if this, if that car wasn't there for multiple reasons, this would be impossible. (laughs) You wouldn't be able to fight him legit either. But how just amazing is it like to grab the keys, get in the car and start and the glee that Jack has that you've done this <laughs> is just incredible. Yep. Like it is so fun. Like and you're in a very tight space, like backing up, trying to ram him, you know, you can't get tons of speed, so you can't definitively do it. Right. You know, <laughs> but, uh, but still, like you like you do feel relatively empowered compared to this guy until he decides, well, OK, uh, you, you're, you're going to escalate. I'm going to escalate. And he tears the roof of your car off like it's a, yeah. a sardine can uh, gets in and is like, hey, you know, we're going to we're going to meet the great beyond. buddy. like, let's do it <laughs> um, and starts driving you towards this like piece of rebar or something that's fallen over like a pipe. Yeah, that's fallen over. And it's like, well, shit. And the degree to which I was like trying to duck. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Like hitting the duck button was amazing because you don't have to. It's just a it's, just it's a cutscene at that, that point. point. Yeah. You have control over it. Um, but he ends up like hurting himself 
uh, in this. Yeah, it, like um, impales him in the chest or something like yeah. that. Like, um, you get out, the car explodes, <laughs> and uh, and he's on fire, and you're like, fine. Okay, good. I can get out. You know, um, this knocks down a ladder. You start going up the ladder, and he grabs you from it because uh-huh. you cannot kill Jack, which is like what this is trying to tell you. And even the, and then the game actually goes and tells you, and you, you know, not to give you more editing work, but this is a good thing. This is one of my favorite lines of the game. You should <laughs> cut this in. Um, but where he points the gun to himself and says, Do I have your attention, boy? You're about to see someone. Fuck! And shoots himself in the head. Right. Which um, noted teen enthusiasm, uh, <laughs> teen suicide enthusiast Gary Butterfield. Right. Uh, yeah, yeah. Is, is all I care for. Right. So, you know, like what he like, as if the fact that he is uh, standing up after having had most of his skin burned off hasn't uh, underlined it. He is demonstrating to you that even the most deadly thing in every other circumstance will, you know, like, like, I'm going to show you this. I'm going to do it of my own free will. And <laughs> guess what? I'll be back later. Yeah, yeah, I don't give a shit. Yeah, like, like this it's, is, it's so confident. The, it is such, it a, is such pow- a power play. It, yeah, yeah, power you know? play is the exact word I was going to say. Yeah, yeah. Um, just like you know, nothing you can do to me is as bad as what I'm willing to do to myself and will do to myself. Mm-hmm. Because I got nothing to fucking lose. Yeah, wild card, motherfucker. <laughs> yeah. You know, <laughs> wild card. Yeah. Um, it is, it is one of, again, and we're just stacking up like, uh-huh. you know, the car, even the, this is like the car, this whole thing with the car and that, but then the dinner and then the arm and everything, like everything up at this point are just like these amazing video game scenes, like mm-hmm. Pantheon, just incredible scenes. Yeah. Um, super, super good. <laughs> it's all killer. Um, no filler. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but eventually you, you, know, you escape, like he, he does this, you know, knocks himself down he's definitely not dead you know which no. is what he was trying to tell but he's out for now yeah if you stick around um, you can actually watch as his head knits itself back yeah together. <laughs> yeah anytime you knock him down you can watch him heal which is just real creepy and awesome <laughs> as well um but you you know you escape you get into the uh the main hall uh which looks like a resident evil ass mansion mm-hmm. a little bit like there's you know double stairs going up to the second floor I, there's I, a shotgun being held by a <laughs> A contraption. Yep, by a, like a like a like a trap room kind of thing. Like yeah. you pick it up, you know, you you, you have to get a broken shotgun uh, in yep. order to uh, in order to make this work, uh, you know, and get that. And that shotgun is real good. I fucking love this house. Like if it wasn't oh, yeah. if it wasn't so like dilapidated, it would be a, like an amazing place to live. Yeah, yeah, it, it's it's really awesome. Like it has that kind of old, uh, you know, even if this wasn't covered with organs and like bugs, <laughs> it would still be awesome. Yeah. You know, as like a creepy location, just because it is huge and like lived in in that weird Southern Gothic, mm-hmm. you know, kind of way. Yeah. Um. So yeah. So the, the the big thing you're trying to do is get out the front door. Right. Um. um and there are three crests missing, three heads of a uh, Cerberus. Right. Um. <laughs> there's a point later, but it it makes sense to talk about it now because like why the fuck why why the fuck is this like why would why would the house be like this um later on like up in the uh, up in the attic you find an invoice a construction invoice from 1992 from uh trevor's um contracting company like with mm-hmm. receipts and like price breakdowns of the of the mechanisms that were added so the person who built the arclay mansion um also had a hand or at least his company had a hand in making this house the way that it, that it is yeah. yeah. So when your character eventually is like, who builds this shit? Like, there's an answer. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Hey, uh, there's receipts, man. <laughs> another uh, kind of strange callback. So you have a photo of the Arclay Mountains from 1991, and there's a newspaper article um, about the disappearances in Dolby that is written by Alyssa Ashcroft, who is one of the characters from Resident Evil Outbreak. 
weird place to do a callback. Yeah. Weird thing sure. to call back to. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, this is also the first time where we find a Mr. Mr. Everywhere, uh, yes. which is like a weird little Easter egg in this game. We, I talked about the ancient coins uh, before. The other one of these little bobbleheads of little baseball players mm-hmm. called Mr. Everywhere that are really hidden uh, in kind of clever ways. It's very similar to the jewels that you shoot in uh, the second level of Resident Evil 4. Yeah. Where a second, third level where the idea is to get you looking around in 3D space. Mm-hmm. Um, you get something for getting all of them. Um, I don't remember what it is. Yeah. Presumably but, uh, a, 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 a upgraded weapon. Something like yeah, that. Like, a, like an unlock for New Game Plus, I think. Yeah. Um, but they're everywhere and they're kind of fun. The first one has a little note that just says, try shooting me. And it just, <laughs> uh, you know, they explode in a satisfying ceramic yeah. explosion sound. <laughs> um, as you're kind of like hanging out in this first place, getting the lay of the land, uh, the phone rings. It's Zoe. Says like, hey, uh, you know, you go, hey, your father's dead. Uh, and <laughs> she's, she's unfazed kind of like, by that. Like, yeah, okay. unfazed. Like, yeah, okay. Um, and says, like, hey, the, you know, I've got something I need to do. Um, you know, try to get out of that front door. Right. So you have the run of the place. There are doors that are locked with uh, with animal keys. Mm-hmm. You know, scorpion and snake and things like that. Uh, but what you're trying to do it's is crazy, like arcane locks too. Yeah, I love the way the locks look. Uh huh. Like they're, they're full door locks, almost like a like vault locking yeah. mechanisms. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um. But yeah, like you're, you know, it's time to hunt down these heads. Like you, you know, move the clock pendulum from one, you know, from the living room uh, over into the other living room, <laughs> and uh, mm-hmm. this gets you the white Cerberus head. Um, like upstairs, uh, you find a bathtub that is full of black stuff, um, and you have to drain that to get a wooden figure. Yeah, that's that's the, actually what sets off the pursuit. Yes. So you want to do everything you can up until that point. Right. You know, if, if you can, because once you do that, um, as you get this wooden figure you're going to need, uh, Jack grabs you from behind and you can see his head like actively regenerating. <laughs> like his brain is stitching itself back together. And, you know, it's like, this is her gift. You know, you don't want to reject it yeah. uh, and starts chasing you. Um, so now you have to actually, you know, solve this puzzle, this thing with this wooden figure you have mm-hmm. um, while being chased. <laughs> Uh, so you're going to want to lose him on on this side of the house. Yes. Um, if you can. Yeah. I love what he's chasing you around with. Uh, I have it in the notes here as a battle paint roller. Uh, mm. it's, it's like a paint roller, but it has uh, it has nails and stuff sticking out of it. Very cool. Yeah. <laughs> um, so the wooden object that you've gotten uh, is used in this shadow puzzle. Uh, I forget what the, the there's an iOS game that I that I played that is like this. But you're taking these abstract um, wooden devices and trying to rotate them so that they cast a shadow that fits into a silhouette on a painting. I think in this one, you're like recreating a hawk or something like that. Yeah. 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 And these are, these are fine. Yeah. Like, you know, I'm glad that they exist, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, But uh, other than that, you know, Hmm. so yeah. Yeah. Um, This gets you uh, back into like the hunting room, like the lot, like the lodge kind of uh, section uh, and you find psycho stimulants. These are kind of cool, you know, because you are exploring in, in 3d space, and, you know, you don't just have like what you had in previous RE games where everything was kind of, you know, flashing. Actually, they sparkled. Yeah, yeah, they sparkled. Yeah. Uh, you find an item called psychostimulants. These are, um, the, yeah, the, 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 like medicine you can take that will put like markers on anything you can pick up. And they last for a very long time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the real trick to these I found, um, because it was hard to know when to use them and, and carrying them around was kind of a bummer. Uh, inventory wise, mm-hmm. you know, like uh, not just yet, like right now you're still swimming in inventory, but eventually, you know, we'll start getting tight um, was to use them for boss fights, weirdly mm-hmm. enough, uh, yeah. because most of the boss fights I had to re up, you know, I had to to get items during them mm-hmm. um, and they're very useful for that. Yes. 
So the other uh, kind of uh, strategy I've seen people use a lot online is just use them when you get them, mm-hmm. you know, and then just kind of have the next little part, you know, have uh, items easier to find. Yeah. But it's hard to use them strategically. Like it's a neat item that is hard. Like I had a hard time making use of. I never crafted them. Like I mostly broke them down mm-hmm. uh, in order to make the neuro uh, grenade ammo. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Very good. Um, grenades. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, we find a note. Um, it talks about the people that Lucas has kidnapped and whether or not they've turned. So again, you know, we turning is in at play. Mm-hmm. Um, at this point, you have every reason to believe turning is just turning them into Jack. Right. You know. Um, but you walk into this observation room, and this is again one of these just like amazing reveals, <laughs> is everything kind of being covered with this black gunk. <laughs> um, they uh, on a, again the, with that with less graphical fidelity, this would look a lot sloppier. Yes. Um, as is, it looks subtle and uh, organic. Mm-hmm. The way this has grown. Yes, it, it looks like a solid mass that is like caked and extending um, from every surface. Yeah. 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 Um, and when we talk about a reveal, you know, it's not just walking into this room. Like on one of the bigger kind of blimps of this. Uh, our first molded just kind of slides out of the wall, like slides yep. off the mess, like it buds and then starts and, coming and after you. And DM, DMs. Yep. He slides off the wall and endear DMs. <laughs> um, yeah. And so the molded, which are just kind of like black slime monsters. And again, mm-hmm. you know, a, a PS2 version of this would look like crap. Right. You know, but this actually looks very real and wet and gross <laughs> and good. Man, um, it sounds like we have a, like a complex about just wetness in general. I do. I oh. think that like, well, like just imagine like everything in your apartment being wet. Ugh, it's gross, yeah. man. Like everything looking wet, like put a, put a thin layer of va- Get that moth to put <laughs> like put a little bucket around his, his little cute ankles and get him to spread Vaseline all over your apartment. OK. So you have like a thin layer of like Vaseline. What you don't? How do you how do you protect your surfaces? I got no moth. OK. <laughs> I got I need, I need to moth it up. Um, yeah, I. Uh, so, but yeah, something just being kind of wet, like I think, does make it look organic and creepy. Mm-hmm. And the and, sound and, effects are pretty, pretty gross too. Like these oh, things yeah. moving around, uh, they, they, yeah. they ought not be. Like throat noise, that wave for miles. Like <laughs> it is. Uh, um, so you, you're finding your first one again. Uh, you know, our, our strategies differ. I say just go for the head. Mm-hmm. Uh, ten times out of ten. Yeah. Um, but if you do shoot their legs or shoot their arms, you can uh, give them fewer verbs. Um, you shooting off their legs, they do move slower, but then they get this kind of leap mm-hmm. attack that I found a little unpredictable. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, but you can you can dismember them or do headshots. Um, it'll be like a billion body shots. Yes. Uh, to kill them. Yep. Center mass, no good. Yeah. Um, fortunately, like there's only one of these that you fight up here. Uh, later on, we're going to go down to the basement, and uh, it's going to be molded city. Yeah, so we head into this um, the safe room here, which is very welcome. Uh, this is, you know, it feels about right the right time to find one. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, it, it talks about how when you eat this stuff, it changes you. Right. So um, that's a, why they're so intent on you eating organs. Right. Um, and I have no idea what is special about the organs, um, but you can only assume that it is something awful. That like if you eat the organs of the, of the infected, you get uh, you get more. Uh, I have I have no idea. Um, yeah, like just an article or a note that somebody else has written. Like, you are not the first person to have gotten this far, uh, which is yeah. discouraging. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so you have to head on down. Yep, you have to uh, go to that basement. 
go into the basement further away from escape um, and, and it, further into the den of the molded. And I said this before, I had such a, this was the hardest part of this game for me was making this run because um, there are a lot of molded <laughs> down here. It is molded city and uh, just doing it well enough, like maintaining enough ammo, like ammo is very scarce at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, it was before I realized there's a hidden mechanic in this game, actually. That's part of the crafting where if you add gunpowder to bullets, you get half as many super bullets, mm-hmm. um, which is a, a trade you want to make every single time. Like, you don't want more weak bullets. You want no. fewer, stronger bullets. Um, if I had known that, like, it might have been a little bit different, but I didn't really figure that out until way late in the game. It's not. I mean, if it's explained, it's explained. It's something it's, that I didn't see. Yeah. It's not explained. Yeah, like, the, that one specifically is not. There are a couple other recipes they give you. Um, this is a hidden recipe. It's like getting your bullets animal style. <laughs> um, but the, uh, so that might make this a little bit easier. As is, I just had such a hard time with this. Yeah. Um, um, you know, the- you go specifically in this basement they will round corners a lot like this space is designed in such a way that when you are fighting one of them and it's bearing down on you uh there almost always be something else coming around the corner right when you're done with whatever you're fighting yeah and and they're you know they're hallways so it's hard to kind of juke past things yes um you know again knowing what i know now like the trick would be to wait for them to wind up block the attack and and then then, get around Yeah. yeah then go around but at the time i was just like i you know wasn't uh, wasn't as, as keen on that. Um, they can't open doors. If you run back upstairs, they melt. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they don't die. They'll just they'll just reappear somewhere else. Right. You right. can always escape if you need like an escape. Yeah. They can't be exposed to light. Is the yes. uh, is, is what that is teaching you. Yeah. Um, um, like certain kinds of light. Like it's not pitch dark down here. Right. There is light, but like certain lights will dissolve them. Mm-hmm. Um, essentially, you're just kind of making your way uh, through here. There is a. Uh, a room with the, uh, the like an incinerator room. Yeah. You know, with the, these, uh, these kind of coffins where you have to solve this little puzzle <laughs> uh, to open up where one of their more recent victims is, which you know it's going to be one of these things. And of course it is. <laughs> uh, it is uh, Travis. It is our yeah. first blade molded uh, who comes yeah. out more aggressive. And they've got this, you know, sword arm that does a shitload of damage to you. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, yeah, and this gets you the key to the dissection room, and what eventually comes over you is that this basement isn't just, like, the place where they go to dispose of these things. No, this is, like, a processing plant. So all those people who have yeah. gone missing um, have actually <laughs> – the bakers have been doing their mold magic on them, and what you are fighting, you know, you know, the lucky ones just die. The the unlucky ones turn, you know, like their their mass is kind of incorporated by the superorganism of this of this fungus. And those are the molded that you fight. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. The bathroom down here is real creepy. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. You, so you move, you move way through. You get to this uh, this dissection room. There's a wall of shelves between you mm-hmm. and uh, it has the uh, the key you want. But Jack takes it. Interesting little like glitch in the game is that uh, if you don't go for that key right away. Like I went and checked the pathway to the left first, mm-hmm. thinking I would grab that key on the way out. Yeah, uh, it just disappears, so you don't necessarily know that you have to move further in. Okay, for it, it's kind of a weird thing. Like you don't get. To, I wish that had just been a cutscene when you go in, rather than waiting for you to go for it. Yeah, you know the um, Jack, Jack grabs it. It's super um, unnerving because Jack is right on the other side of this. He should, by all rights, be able to see you. Um, and they're setting up kind of this weird little fake out because he's got the body of the um, of the of the deputy. Um, on the other side, you know, saying like, oh, I was going to be the father. Now he said, but now she says he will be the father. Like he is working on this and you actually get to like, look and see the deputy kind of like transforming and shifting on the other side. Yeah. 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 
even though what that's referring to that what he's going to be the father i think is referring to you yes uh being taken not the deputy even though it kind of seems like a little bit of a fake out mm-hmm. um he has this you know weird little thunderdome set up in, in the morgue <laughs> with like barbed wire fences and stuff <laughs> yeah and uh attaches this dog head that you need uh above it and he, as he you're literally get, baits a hook yeah, uh, because yeah, like, you. you're, yeah, like you're you're reaching out to grab this dog head that is attached to the hook by this barbed wire. He comes up and kicks you into his thunderdome for yep. your for for your final uh, uh, confrontation. Yes, uh, and this is something where uh, you know he you fight him uh, for a time, <laughs> and uh, there's body bags hanging here, which is like the main mechanic of this fight. <laughs> uh, is that you can kick those and kind of knock him off his feet and get in some shots mm-hmm. until he opens up this door where they're doing like an autopsy and pulls out uh, what can only really be described as like the jaws of life. <laughs> uh, you know, like this, uh, this uh, jaws of life, like gigantic trimmer, like hedge, it's, like a gigantic robo scissors. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's chainsaw scissors. Um, and, you know, you, you know, it, in the way that there is. Yeah. Yeah. Like <laughs> in a way that people have. Yeah. Um, and he starts coming at you. Like, and if you don't notice that there is another chainsaw over there, like this ends up being a very difficult fight because again, he is a resource sponge. You know, he's a bullet sponge. What you want to do is notice that there is a non scissor chainsaw. Um again where he where he pulled that other one, and now we're cooking with gas because yeah. he is delighted that this is a good old fashioned chainsaw fight. <laughs> yeah. Even the again, he goes when you grab it. He goes like, and then you go, (laughs) and a a comedy beat that is a little bit misguided, but he's okay (laughs) because everybody likes evil dead. Right. Um, Again, just grabbing the other chainsaw is audacious in a way that these games are not right. You know, so like doing that is not going to come naturally to you as, as a member of the series or a fan of the series. Um, And it becomes this chainsaw duel uh, boss fight. Again, it doesn't have to be. (laughs) Nope. You don't have to grab the chainsaw. Um, but it, it is a no ammo way to hurt him. Mm-hmm. The trick is though, you can never come at him right away or, no. uh, from, from the front. Uh, cause he will always win these little, you know, sword clanging contests of strength, mm-hmm. uh, with you. You have to either come at him from the side or knock him off balance with one of these body bags. Yes. Uh, and then as you do damage to him, he eventually kind of takes a knee and kind of becomes a resident evil tumor. He starts like UX gundering a little bit mm-hmm. and uh, you have to put the chainsaw in the tumor and do right. this three times. Right. Um, they add some suspense to this. So even though the chainsaw doesn't use ammo, sometimes it gets jammed or stops. Yeah. So you yep. end up having to take some time, like, you know, restarting it. And sometimes that happens when, you know, you have an opening or when you're trying to run from him. So that, that puts you on your feet a little bit. Like the best way to manage this is to alternate between the shotgun, which you can get by this point, and the the the, uh, the 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 chainsaw in order to get him to a point where he exposes his tumor. Mm. Yeah, yeah. And uh, the the way you get the you know you found a uh, broken shotgun in Grandma's room. Yeah, yeah. Uh, upstairs. So there's there's a little bit, a little bit of environmental storytelling that we missed when we were upstairs. Um, when you go in Grandma's room, you see notes from her doctor, um, and this ends up being a kind of a twist. Mm-hmm. Um, it's presented to you as Grandma's room. Uh, we later find out this is actually Marguerite's room. But um, that uh, she's been going to her doctor and hearing voices yes. and stuff. So I go, like, oh, so that's when am I going to fight that grandma? Is how I spent most of this game uh, thinking. <laughs> yep. And uh, uh, she went know, based the, on that. Yeah, she went to the doctor and like they've been doing brain scans and they noticed these shadows. So like there's something they believe it's fungal in nature. It might be tumors or, you know, but like that is that is what is causing her kind of, um, you know, hallucinations or episodes. Yeah. 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 <laughs> 
So the fight ends, you know, after you uh, attack the tumor enough, uh, and Jack's whole upper body explodes. So head's gone, everything. All he is is a pair of legs and some jeans. Yep. <laughs> and those legs get up and take a couple steps towards you, thinking you're going to have a cool leg fight. Uh, they, they, you're going to put on his chainsaw shoes. Yeah. <laughs> put on my chainsaw shoes and I, I walk first. Um, the, uh, so uh, instead, though, they fall over. Um, you bust your chainsaw getting out of the room. Uh, yep. And now are ready to escape. Yep. Do me a favor yeah. and stay dead. Yeah. So th- I think this is actually where you get the shotgun. I don't think you have it at this point. Hmm. Um, I think because you get the, it's, uh, at least according to the notes, like use the scorpion key to get into grandma's yeah, room. Yeah. The, the, yeah. Yeah. You, uh, you got the scorpion key previously. Like you could go up from the basement to get it up there. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. Um, so again, and you want to do everything you can before you set off that chase again. Mm-hmm. Um, regardless of which, though, you, know, you do that broken shotgun switcheroo. Um, and, uh, you know, we learn about grandma's brain and we start heading out, you know, our way out. Something that's worth Uh, noting is, um, grandma herself is, uh, kind of like popping up all over the place. She likes creepy Watson's you. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, like you'll just, uh, like after you leave the, uh, the, the, the basement here, like she will just be like sitting at the top of the stairs, like watching you completely passively. Um, and if you try and attack her, like you can't aim at her, like Ethan will yeah. not, will not hurt this defense. Well, not summarily executed grandma. Right. Which yeah. is, I mean, not wise, but you can understand. <laughs> yeah. 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 It, it, uh, it, it's, it's fine. The, mm-hmm. um, the, I love how they put grandma at places where you have to be, you have to walk by mm-hmm. uh, her and you, I just keep expecting her to like, you know, re- reach up and grab my labels because that's what people do in this game. Uh huh. Um, and it just never happens. Yeah. Instead, she like her head just kind of lolls and yeah. follows you as you go. Yeah. Um, there's a note in the rec room upstairs uh, about a storm that deposited a ship on a nearby shore. Uh, and Jack went to check it out. Like you actually see that in one of the DLCs, which is kind of mm-hmm. um, yeah. importantly um, up there in the rec room, you know, you find a tape. So you have another flashback tape, and this is actually Mia. It's happened here, you know, in the time since you have been dealing with Jack, uh, and it shows you the old house, which is where you end up having to go next. Yeah, um, this is useful as like a preview if you mm-hmm. want. I think you can get one ancient coin uh, from doing it, mm-hmm. and you get to, do get to spend some time in the crawl space, which is uh, lends itself to one of my favorite running jokes. <laughs> uh, there's a couple notes about Jack uh, lending out his lawnmower. Uh-huh. Uh to people and his crawl space is crawling with lawnmowers. <laughs> there's at least two of them down there, and I think there's a third one in another thing. So he keeps losing his lawn like his riding lawnmowers uh, <laughs> underground, which I think is very funny. Yep. Um but essentially in this tape, um, you know, it is a self sequence uh with her and Marguerite. With Mia and Marguerite. A, or Mia and Marguerite, yeah. Um I said her, okay. I think. Or did I Oh you you said her, but I wanted to be clear with the pronoun. Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, Mia and Marguerite. Um, it's kind of giving you a preview of Marguerite uh, as a as a stealth object. Yeah, you know, in this game, um, but doesn't add a significant amount. I would say no, as as no. She do uh, shows you like you, you can tell where she's at because she carries this lantern around, um, and you know she's kind of always surrounded by moths. So like Marguerite's whole superpower is that she uh, controls bugs. She, yes. She's an entomancer. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, and I don't... Not everybody got a got a superpower like that. Yeah. Um, for some reason, she gets one. Um, I'll take it. It's it's really funny because when uh, when when Jack is chasing you around to say I'm going to crush you like a bug, and then he says I hope Marguerite didn't hear me say that. She's very she's a bug enthusiast as yeah. well. Yeah. yeah. Um, 
<laughs> uh, so this ends with you getting into the crawl space and her gra- uh, Marguerite grabbing you from behind. So yeah. this is where you want to go because it is the last known location for uh, for Mia. It's also the only other place you can go after you leave the uh, after you leave the main house. First, though, there's a trailer yep. outside, and this is going to kind of operate as your hub. Um, kind of a pro tip, um, right behind, uh, you've gotten, so right to your right when you leave, um, there's a weapon repair kit. Um, this is a weird mechanic in this game. There's only two weapon repair kit and two broken weapons. For some reason, in my mind, I was like, oh, I have to use this on the on the pistol that I just found mm-hmm. that's broken. But you can go repair the shotgun and go leave the scrub shotgun yeah. and do this whole section with the super shotgun <laughs> from here on out, which I wish I had done. Yes. Um, but yeah, um, you're mostly going to this trailer, which is going to serve as your hub. Um, it is safe. Um, it looks like it's relatively sane mm-hmm. as well. Um, the big mechanical thing here are these bird cages where you can leave ancient coins to get upgrades. Uh, there are three of them, um, one for your health, one for your reload speed, which ends up actually being a bigger deal than you might think. Yep. Uh, and then the, the spiciest meatball of all is for the Magnum uh, and is the only way you can get the Magnum in this game. Right. Um, I did not get it out of my playthrough. No. Because uh, no. I did not get all the coins. Yeah. Um, I, I went for the short-term gain of getting the uh, of getting the health and stability upgrades. Yeah. I really wanted health. Yeah. Yeah. So when you're in here, Zoe calls and says, hey, there might be some serum in the old house. I heard them talking about this, but you're going to have to get past my mom and get past Marguerite to get, you know, to get it. Yeah. Um, that's going to be fucked up. <laughs> um, but um, you head, uh, head on that way. Yeah. Uh, over a ramshackle bridge that is lined with baby dolls. Just, yeah. just festooned with them. <laughs> They make this like great uh, rattling noise mm-hmm. as you go through. And the place is kind of overrun with these bugs. Um, some normal bugs like termites uh, and and things. But there are also these nest of super bugs. Mm-hmm. These like gigantic wasp cicada things Yeah, um, that are very much, it seems to me, built for, to fight in 3D. Like this feels like a 3DS AR game <laughs> yep. to me a little bit. Yeah. Um, they're not a problem until there are tons of them. Right. Like swarms of them really suck. Mm-hmm. Individuals are very easy. You just want to stab them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah you just want to stab them. Uh, they get up in your in your face. They get kind of annoying in that uh, in that instance. Uh, they're also just like regular swarms that you have like that, that act as area denial. What you want to do is you like you want to shoot the shoot the hives themselves. Um, this place is also full of uh, either doors or these little storage cabinets that are uh, overrun by spiders. So you end up having to use fire to, uh, to mm-hmm. clear these off to get whatever's inside. Which you don't have yet. Right. Um, you have to find these plans for a flamethrower, like a yeah. homemade flamethrower. And that's what you're going to be kind of building there during this first section. Right. Um, so this old house is... Um, a very, very, very fine house. <laughs> God damn it. Uh, <laughs> it's, um, it is uh, like uh, waterlogged. Like the main, the main yeah. room, uh, the, the, the floor is washed away. Like this was, this was hurt in the hurricane. Um, and you get yeah. out, you get out back and like, this is like a bayou house. There are walkways and pontoon ways and stuff like that. Uh, you go to a safe room out back and you find a Jansport, which is good. It gets you some extra, extra inventory space. Yeah. Um, in this game, you just w- keep adding backpacks, <laughs> yep. which is very funny, but also would work. 
Uh-huh. Uh, you know, so like if you just want more space to carry stuff, try putting another backpack on on your back mm-hmm. or on your front. You got two shoulders. You got two <laughs> shoulders. You got one front. You got one back. Mm-hmm. You can wear a lot of backpacks. How many backpacks do you think? How how many backpacks a man, Cole? <laughs> how many backpacks do, a man? Do, do, do fanny packs count as backpacks? Nope. Oh, okay. <laughs> I don't know. I could, pro- I could probably wear like six of them. I feel like I could probably wear six backpacks. Yeah. <laughs> like uh, one, one on the front, one on the back, one on each side. Like I could only properly wear one because you're supposed to like fasten them up real tight. But oh yeah, yeah. But I mean, you only do that if you're a square. That's where people wear helmets on motorcycles. Like you don't want to do that shit. You want to be a nerd, Gary? Don't steal that from me. Like I invented wearing the backpack on one shoulder. <laughs> That's a Shelbyville thing. <laughs> um, it's actually incredibly bad for your back and really uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. I do I do that too, and I hate it. Like yep. I just like I do it because and it's not even to look cool. I don't know why I do it. Mm-hmm. No, I'm just I'm just lazy. Is the thing. I'm yeah, lazy, and also I also don't like the way. <laughs> The way that the straps accentuate my front fat. <laughs> oh yeah, me too. It, it gives me, it gives me a, a huge old honking pair of big naturals. <laughs> and it, it's funny because it also I look like you know first day at school, Gary. Like when I'm wearing the back. <laughs> so it's like who who is that kid with the double C's who is like <laughs> heading to school? What what's his name? Like perfect perfect students don't exist. Oh. <laughs> You know, and then it's just me with my big naturals, like walking on up with my backpack. <laughs> yep. <laughs> See, <laughs> all that I do, I've got this. I've got this crazy North Face backpack, and I only put my my, my laptop and one notebook in it because I don't want it to be too heavy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so I can so I can brook carrying it on one shoulder. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. 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 <laughs> so. <laughs> As you're going around, you find the parts uh, for the flamethrower, uh, and you're using uh, just kind of like fuel. Something I love about this is that this and the grenade launcher are both just weapons that Lucas invented. Like you're finding the schematics that he uh, that he made. Yeah, he's a weird like engineering genius. Yeah, uh, kid. Um, so you you build all the parts as you mentioned. Um, get into this room, kind of behind the the living room. Uh, Mia is there, but then Lucas grabs her. Right daddy right i'm gonna take mommy for a bit like why are yeah. why are people calling me daddy like i thought that jack was daddy okay why is she mommy it's like it's, what, what's that it's just because it's video games yeah it's all waypoint presents resident evil 7 <laughs> so it's, yeah. Every, you're a daddy you're a daddy you're a daddy. everybody's everybody's a daddy son <laughs> welcome to the family <laughs> like uh a confederacy of daddies <laughs> <laughs> so you grab a statuette um and like this introduces marguerite into the equation and she is chasing you um with her bugs in tow like if she gets close yeah. enough you know she will get up in your face and just vomit a stream of moths at you yeah bugs and, and her lantern yeah. there so it's a stealth sequence with her um i found it a lot easier just to tank her yeah than to deal with her <laughs> as a thing like i end up running past her several times i think it's the layout of the old house yeah uh, it's a little less like roundabouty it's a little bit harder to like get them stuck on one side of a loop mm-hmm. you know so a lot of times i would just kind of open a door she'd be right there she'd see me and i was like well i don't want to lose all this progress like i'm just going to go forward yeah and the bugs don't do that much damage it's not like jack mm-hmm. so as long as she doesn't grab you you're actually not in super rough shape right um yeah yeah um, on the other side of the broken floor, like you're crawling through walls and having centipedes crawl over you. Like, I don't want to, yeah. I don't want to de-emphasize just how unsettling this is with, the, bu- with bugs. the bugs coming at you. Yeah. Uh, yeah. you find a crank, which actually helps you raise these walkways. 
um, and create new paths. Uh, here you can also get the um, the crow key from the swamp bathroom out mm-hmm. there. You can use that. This gets you into like a, a supply uh, area where you can get the uh, the grenade launcher, which is yeah. which is worth getting as early as you can. Yeah, in the main house, um, the grenade grenade launcher is vastly underpowered in comparison to previous games, or at least uh, you know, so one bullet at a time reloads painfully slowly. Mm-hmm. Um, ammo for it is very scarce. So it's powerful, but it's it's just very hard to use. It's awkward. Right. But you're still going to – 1,000% are going to need it. Mm-hmm. Um, as you uh, are kind of – you make your way back here, you want to use this crow key uh, to get in the second floor of this room. Um, she stops you. Uh, you start, <laughs> And she grabs you, throws you through the floor uh, into this pit, and you do this boss fight um, as she kind of leans over the pit throwing bugs at you, uh, <laughs> and you shoot her yeah. as she's on the pit. Yeah. Um, this is kind of like a mini boss fight. Like it doesn't take that many hits to to complete it. No, no. It's just a, it's a different perspective. Like shooting up at her as she uh, Buffalo Bills you with bugs mm-hmm. is, uh, is, is, you know, striking at the, at, at the very least. Uh, what's, what's fun is uh, she falls into the, in, into the pit and then starts like dissolving, but eventually like, wa- like walks away through this, uh, through the, through this little crawl space down there. Crawls away. Yeah. Like she she crawls away. Oh all yeah, that's the thing. Like yeah, that's... yeah, a really terrifying way. Like we don't get a good <laughs> shot of it yet. We will, but yeah, um, she is transformed into something, <laughs> something wonderful. <laughs> um, so we we head uh, up into that room. Um, there's this little altar she's created. We open this box. You know, codex says target required. We found the thing, mm-hmm. and it's this mummified corpse. Um, I think this isn't the first we've heard of it. I think that uh, Zoe said you need to go find the D series arm. Well, you need uh, you need, you need the serum. Right. Oh, like yeah. You, you find, this is so where you find, it says you need the, the D series arm and head. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> you get the instructions. Uh, you have the head. Now you need the arm. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So Zoe calls and it's like, okay, well, you just need to get in there. There's a note by Marguerite um, that is written like during her turning. You know, she describes, you know, due to that child and that woman. You know, like she, they're they're the cause all of the the cause of all this. You know, and the child, you know, is kind of a sign of trust in, you know, Marguerite's position as, uh, you know, the matriarch here uh, has given her the arm. So it is hidden somewhere here. Uh, There's a mechanism we need. um, We need we need Marguerite's lantern to activate the door to get back in there, back in there and get this. Yes. Um, You know, again, never mind that, like, you just need something that's the same weight. (laughs) You know, you're going to go with the lantern. You head back into the pit to grab it uh, and she grabs it before you can get it. Mm-hmm. And crawls away like on like a spider, like on these elongated uh, legs. We don't get to see a really good look of her just yet. Right. Um, you're like, what the fuck? That's special. <laughs> you know, Resident Evil understatements. Um, you follow her through to this greenhouse, uh, which starts loading you out with ammo and stuff. So this is your <laughs> your cue that it is boss fight o'clock. Yes. Uh, so this is the real Marguerite boss fight. Uh, it takes yes. place throughout this entire uh, kind of greenhouse facility, almost. It's a big arena, um, kind of very complicated. And you're fighting Marguerite, who has been bugified herself. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, she's uh, she's kind of got, like, elongated limbs. She's strong. Um, she moves around. But the most notable feature, I'd have to say, mm-hmm. um, are her striking eyes. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's actually... Just... It, it, it's actually the thing Cole has written in the notes simply as nasty crotch. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, so her, uh, her, 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 her panis, uh, has been hivified, I think. Yeah. Her, her vaginus has become 
um, a play a swarm. He, right, she's an active swarm of wasps instead of a trouser front. It, it, yeah, right, uh, and it, it bulges it bulges out beneath her dress mm-hmm. um, in the least sexy and. Yeah, and and she crawls away in a way that can only be described as like kind of presenting. Right, right. Like, uh, it's prominent. It's, <laughs> yeah, it's really unnerving. And when I talk about the you know the design part of this, that feels distinctly, you know, Japanese horror to me. This is one of the things. Mm-hmm. Well, especially like, the way she audacious. crawls too. Yeah, yeah, the way she crawls and just the audacity of this is not something I I would see from the makers of Outbreak. Right. You know. <laughs> um, this is uh, this is terrifying, and the way this fight works, I'm a big fan of this fight actually uh-huh. because it is her kind of like half stalking you, but when she finds you, she'll leave you alone if you kind of swat her away, mm-hmm. you know, like set her on fire a little bit, she'll get out of there. But she can crawl through the walls, she can crawl on the ceiling, she can crawl through the floors, and she does these series of ambushes, or goes to places to give birth to these swarms of bugs, mm-hmm. uh, and makes the uh, most disgusting like orgasm slash birth sounds uh-huh with like a buzzing undercurrent of you know bees and stuff mm-hmm. uh it is really unnerving yeah really uh, really unnerving if you focus fire on her cr- crotch mound that mm-hmm. actually takes away her ability to do that for a short time so yeah like, you can you, you can, can disable her baby maker you can you can keep on the offensive uh with yeah. that yeah, uh, but this is an ambush fight. Like I, the only thing I would change about this, I wish it was a little bit less of a like a bullet sponge kind of thing. They give you plenty of uh, they give you plenty of ammo, which is which is fine. Um, it just feels like it goes on for too long. It goes on forever. It ended up being very desperate for me because like I had to go. You know, I'm, hey, I'm out of ammo. Like I need to go scour for ammo in the middle of the fight, mm-hmm. uh, which was which was cool. You know, yeah. it was a cool feeling. It does go on for a very long time. Yeah. Uh, that's true of the next major boss fight as well. Yes. Um, goes on for a very long time. Um, but it, this ended up working for me. I you know, got out of it with nothing, right. you know, like used up every drop. Right. Uh, which is really, really uh, left, satisfying. Left it all on the court. Um, you know, as she dies, you know, this isn't like when Jack fall, fell over, like, you know, and just was body parts and stuff like that. She actually calcifies. She turns into, into what chalk. looks like a wasp nest. Like, or, like it looked like a paper mache to me, mm-hmm. you know? Um, yeah. Like turns into this, like, wasp nest paper mache mineral version of, of herself yeah mineralizes calcifies until she falls apart right uh, uh there disintegrates into into dust you know she is very categorically never coming back yeah yeah really satisfying yeah um good you know good boss fight like again like maybe a little bit too long but is very fun mm-hmm. um you uh you get through it you get the lantern you go through the lantern door you know doing <laughs> that balance and we are in a series of kids rooms yeah uh you know you find, which you find is, some which drawings. My family. Yeah. You know, drawn by Evelyn. Aw. Yep. <laughs> there's a there, there's a cracked ship uh, with a bunch of black figures falling out of it. Aw. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Um, this is uh, this is awesome because this whole section, there's nothing to fight mm-hmm. for on your way in. It is just the haunted house section. Yeah. Uh, of the game. And this is where you're starting to get like flashes, like bits of hallucination. Yeah. Um, and, you know, that is worrisome. Uh, it's another sign that Ethan is infected because like we read that note, we read about what happened to Marguerite. You know, we know mm-hmm. that she started seeing stuff, so it is progressing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you kind of make your way through. Um, we start seeing rooms full of mold on our way uh, through this um, until we get to this, uh, the detention room um, where there's a bed and a dollhouse in the corner. Um, a secret panel that you can go here leads to this crawl space where there's a mummified child uh, tied to a chair in an altar. Mm-hmm. 
Um, so we learned about this this thing uh, <laughs> a little bit later too. What's right. going on with this? Um, but the arm that is on the child, you take it off. It's not the child's arm. No. It is engrafted onto it. Um, you take it off. It's got that you know bio slime that RE7 has. It's very gross. <laughs> on your way out, um, you see a child running away, and now the walls are covered with writing, and they're molded everywhere. So <laughs> you do this setup of just this creepy haunted house with like. You know, a lot of cliches like a ball bouncing in, in front of you and, yeah, yeah. you know, a, a teddy bear turning, you know, falling off a shelf, shit like that. <laughs> right. And then on the way out, it's actually dangerous. Yes. Yeah. Um, it's good. Like, yeah. like, the, like it, it is a very cramped environment to fight these molded in in, the, in, the, in this child's room. Thumbs up. So on your way out from Haunted House Nightmare Zone, uh, back by the altar, Zoe calls. Um, you know, she says, hey, I'm waiting for you in the trailer. We're going to escape together. <laughs> but when you get there, when you get to the trailer, she's not there. The phone rings, and Lucas has both Zoe and Mia. Yeah. Yep. And he says, hey, look in, look in the fridge. You know, be brave. And starts taunting you. Uh, and it is, uh, it is the cop's head that it's, has been, like, partially transformed. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> like kind of kind of great the way that it's transformed because like it started growing teeth around the edges like a molded head is growing out of the wound that was there yeah yep yeah and says like hey head back to that dissection room (laughs) um he uh this is kind of setting up a a section where he's going to kind of taunt and tease you yeah uh, for this next little bit where he's going to kind of be in constant uh contact um so you you head back uh to that that room and he's doing fear factor like you have to he's put it inside the throat of the deputy you have to reach into its like neck stump to uh to get it yep pretty gross yeah and he says hey i'm throwing you a party uh you need to find the two key cards to come get me uh and if you go outside you can actually see that like the door that is like off to the left of the courtyard uh has these lights going it's like you know disco lights almost yeah yeah so you have the snake key which will get you into several of the locked doors on the second floor uh, getting you into more of the family's like actual living spaces, their quarters. Yeah. Yep. Um, which like lots of ammo and little notes and stuff. But the main thing we're doing is getting to this master bedroom, mm-hmm. uh, which has this clock puzzle in it, uh, which is not you know, kind of a puzzle. Um, it just <laughs> says like set the clock the same as the other clocks. So you just go find another clock in the house and right. set it. Yeah. Um, but this opens up the bed, moving to this workshop in the basement. This is a room we couldn't get to uh, before, which is full of horse parts and buzz saws explaining uh, the decoration on the way in. Yep. No. Uh, you got to love when there's when there's ontology, you know? Yeah. Where are they getting all those horse parts from? They got a well, room. Horses, obs. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you get the uh, you get the red key card. Uh, when you go back up to kind of the main portion of the second floor, the one that's not off of the the, the main hall, uh, you find that it is now overrun with fungus strands, like something yeah. is causing it to uh, to kind of degrade. Uh, you go into Lucas's room and you find his, it could be a childhood diary, but it also could be just the way that Lucas writes. <laughs> I, I assumed it was a childhood diary. Okay. Uh, just based on, because Lucas, uh, in one of the DLCs, they say he's like outgrown that room. Yeah. Like he hasn't been, you know, so I assume he doesn't actually sleep there anymore. Okay. Yeah. Uh, just based on that. So, <laughs> right. um, um, yeah, but the, but the note says like, Hey, I had some fr- I had a friend over, but he was annoying me. So I, so I trapped him in the attic and I kept him up there until he died. Yeah. Until, until the screaming stopped. 
yep. uh, there. Um, so this is one of the things that is like, you know, almost to me qualifies as a plot hole in this game mm-hmm. where like if Lucas is as much of a psychopath for this long, yeah, it's why? weird that nothing happened and his family like, you know, this it doesn't, you know, people who are listening to this don't know the story. Like it's going to seem weird, but there is a real sympathetic turn for the Bakers. Like mm-hmm. they are victims here as much as you are. Right. Uh, except Lucas, uh, who is just a sociopath, like right. just a psychopath. And the fact that they just kind of turn a blind eye to him, literally, you know, cask of a Montelatoing somebody mm-hmm. in the attic uh, is kind of hard to believe. It is. Yeah. You know, it's a little over the top and a little bit hard to believe. Yeah. Um, it's creepy, but that's what that kid was that you took the arm off of. Yeah. Uh, that was tied up there. Mm-hmm. Um, so pretty spooky, you know, <laughs> this liquid started, you know, as he kind of liquefied and, and rotted uh, kind of came um, this is also where we find out that he has commissioned, um, the different various like traps and, and key cards and locks and stuff. Yeah. His whole, there. like his whole room, um, is just, uh, loaded with, uh, trophies from like engineering and robotics contests. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. He's a, he's a teenage engineer. <laughs> yes. Um, and he, he hid the, the key to this lock. This is where he, he does the thing where you can't, you'll always be able to find it even in the dark or whatever. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's, it's like his, is his lamp trophy. Right. Uh, that's there. Yes. So. Um, you get up, you get upstairs, you find the blue key card, uh, which is in a, another dollhouse. There was a, there was a previous dollhouse that we used you know, out in the ch- children's area in the old house. Um, there's also a VHS tape called happy birthday. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and this is something you're going to want to read. Yeah. Or watch like this is like semi mandatory. Yeah. Um, so you take this back to any, any VCR. Uh, where you can watch these tapes. And this is continuing uh, the story of Clancy, uh, the cameraman. Right. Um, who ends up being like kind of a major character between this and the DLC is like Clancy uh-huh. gets around. <laughs> um, uh, Lucas dragging him into a dark room saying, hey, I've been working on this thing for months. You can't, you know, I'm super excited. You can't fake this kind of joy. It's your birthday. Um, and does this like escape room. Yeah. Sequence. <laughs> so you're in like this apartment and the, 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 the goal is you need to take a lit candle and put it into, uh, this birthday cake that is on the other side of this kind of hallway that is being showered with water. Yes. <laughs> um, like motion activated. Like every time you walk into it, water sprays. Right. Putting out. The um, so Yeah. So you kind of make your way through here. There's a couple cool little puzzles, like little intuitive leaps mm-hmm. um, here. Um, one of the things is that like uh, there's a room full of gray balloons, <laughs> which is a, a great image. Um, and the uh, you have to pop it with the candle or pop the balloons with the candle until you can find uh, this little uh, spigot yeah. thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you uh, end up uh, one of my favorite things. You reach into a uh, into a toilet. To pull out this, uh, uh, like scope, like a telescope that you end up, you know, like you look through it and you find a pattern or you get a code word, uh, but it's too dirty to use. What you have to do is you have to walk under the water and look up. So it washes off the lens. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Real clever. Like it is good. You know, these resident evil guys could have a, a, a great little side business and just doing these virtual escape rooms. Mm-hmm. Cause one of the DLCs is entirely a little virtual escape room. And it's really good. Yes. Um, <laughs> the big thing about getting this though, is that when you use that little, uh, spigot thing, you open up this, uh, this barrel, uh, that's in the room and it starts spilling oil all over the floor. Yeah. Um, uh, that is the takeaway. 
Um, and you can't stop it. You can't stop the oil. So as you continue to, to solve this puzzle, eventually you get to this thing where you, uh, the evil clown, uh, <laughs> that is sitting, sitting there. The evil clown, um, like, I'm still not sure if it's a mummy or a like robotic mannequin or some, some little of bit both. of both. Yeah. I guarantee it's, it's, it's a little <laughs> bit of both. Um, you, you put this finger back on it. Yep. This is the, uh, <laughs> this is the dummy, like the mannequin finger that everybody was wondering, like, what does this do? Like, what, like, why am I, uh, from the demo right like people were puzzling over it you, you you put that on there you wind up the clown you give him a, a quill so he can write on the password that you need to get the final dingus you need um and what the clown does is it grabs your arm and it uses the quill to carve the word loser into your forearm as a big yes. fuck you to anybody who spent time trying to figure out what to do with that mannequin finger yeah exactly <laughs> um and and as a password right you know like it, it's, it's necessary but yeah it is a. Uh, uh, so you're using this password um, to eventually get into a place where you can turn off the water. Um, and when you, with the valve handle, when you get in there, you turn off the water. Um, however, when you light the uh, the camera or the candle uh, and put it in the cake, it explodes, setting fire to this oil. Yep. <laughs> uh, burning you alive, uh, which you just get to be burned alive. Right. Um, Lucas pops in, grabs the camera, says happy birthday, but you are being immolated. Mm-hmm. Um, so pretty fucked up. <laughs> hey, can you say uh you're you are immolated again i am immolated okay thank you yeah. people would be um, upset we didn't do that <laughs> the uh so you you get you get you get immolated um get immolated the yeah. uh so it's pretty pretty downer and at first it seems like what is the point of this a little <laughs> bit to me like oh this is a little side story just showing out how fucked up lucas is right right that he's you know? uh, that he fancies himself as a bit of a jigsaw figure yeah he's yeah he's a saw man <laughs> <laughs> um but it's pretty important because now that you have both of these keys you go over to lucas's little kingdom you know his uh his house full of traps and horrors his party house yeah, yeah. um which i love the aesthetic of this like as uh -huh. you go up the stairs here with the black light and christmas lights it looks a lot to me like um a homemade haunted house yeah like uh this is the kind of you know i see these these kind of i go to a few haunted houses every year and i see this kind of aesthetic every once in a while mm -hmm. Um, and like you go up to the top room and there's like black light. It's written. Um, does it say party? It says something like that. I, I forget the specifics. Yeah. <laughs> um, so there's one room. Uh, the only way, the only thing you can do, like the, the, the way out is locked. There's a TV, you know, you sit down on it. Um, and Lucas, uh, you know, is talking to you, uh, on, on, on this tape and to demonstrate just how little of a fuck he gives, he, you know, holds up his hand, he'll hold up some pliers and just pulls his fingernails off. Yeah. Well, and, and this is important because it explains he's talking to somebody. You, you think there might be somebody actually there. Um, like it's Zoe or something. Mm -hmm. It could be Zoe, but, um, he starts saying like, no, I'm trying to show him like, not everybody wants it the way it was. Like, yeah. you know, this is, you're trying to undo all of this thing. And this is actually a gift. Like it's kind of a different perspective. Right. Right. Uh, on this whole um, thing. Like, in spite of his sociopathy, uh, Lucas seems to be a little bit more together, more in control yeah. than than either of the other bakers that we have that we've encountered so far. Yes, um, um, and there's reasons behind that we just haven't gotten there. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, like Evelyn is watching him and you know like hounding him about this, and you know we we have not uh, really seen this little girl Evelyn um, just yet. Wink. Uh, so he has the final ingredient for the serum and like, Hey, come, come get me, bro. And mm -hmm. we go through this, uh, this kind of, uh, industrial house area that is loaded with tripwire, explosive traps and, uh, trapped crates. Yes. 
So all of a sudden you have to shoot the crates from afar using up ammo because if you hit them with a knife, you never know if it's going to hurt you. Yeah. Um, and Lucas is hounding you the whole time. He fancies himself as a joker as well as a jigsaw. Um, I love when you when you shoot one of these crates like, hey, what do you got against crates, Ethan? Yeah. <laughs> I, I hate these cans. Um, the uh, yeah, I, I, I really love it. And I love uh, going into these rooms and like looking for all the tripwires. Yep. And stuff like there, some of them are very devious and you have to do some kind of cool things like shooting from outside the room at different angles, things like that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, to get through. It's pretty cool. Um, you eventually get to this barn uh, and there's these signs for for the barn fight. Um, <laughs> and uh, you you once you get this battery in here to open up and operate this elevator, um, the elevator comes down and uh, it's like, hey, here's the, the, the barn fight against the fat man. Um, which is our gigantic bloated version of the uh, the molded. Right, right. So these are the varsity level guys. Their main attack is to vomit on you. Yeah, which is pretty intense and makes blocking it kind of a weird proposition. Like you can just block it, but it seems unnatural. It only does damage if, if a little bit gets in your mouth. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah, it's all psychological damage. Right. The um, You're just going to want to go up and, and shotgun these guys in the head as much as you can. Right. Um, I didn't find this like particularly hard as a boss fight. I know that on super difficulty, you fight two of them at once, Ugh. which would be pretty intense. Yeah. Uh, I think you fight two of them at once later on, like in the salt you mines do. as well. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's like the, the closest thing this game has to like an actual end boss. <laughs> yep. Um, uh, but yeah, so I just, I love the pattern. I, I made, I made a note here. Like while you're fighting this gigantic vomiting, uh, fungus monster, Lucas says, I really need a girlfriend. Can you help me get a girlfriend, Ethan? Yeah. <laughs> like, so good. <laughs> so you find a charred uh, a charred corpse which has a, a numerical key to get uh to, to to get into a place that lucas was taunting you from before like you tried to yeah uh, you try to enter some stuff and he's just like rattling off numbers like wait no try this um i love that the code is 1408 that is good yep. that is a thumbs up resident evil 7 <laughs> um and uh the note that you found this on actually is uh it's clancy like it's his burned up body um yeah 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 so it has a thing it says you're next <laughs> um and when so you go through there the the actual the keypad does the old resident evil moving things around sound effects <laughs> you can also get the for free the resident evil anniversary theme on your ps4 which will make moving around make that sound oh shit i need, yep. wait i'm gonna take a break here and go do that yeah it's, no, it's pretty cool it's and, a, <laughs> and i'm edited and we're back and it's cool yeah uh, i mean if it wasn't for like the two dancing skeleton things like those are the what I have as my PS4 theme, but otherwise I have the Resident Evil anniversary theme forever. Yeah. It's like bad image, but saver music every time you turn on your PS4 is nice. Jesus, yeah. Um and the again, this incredibly clever thing is that uh you are going through the same thing. Like you're you're doing uh, the happy birthday puzzle. Happy birthday puzzle. Like, like Lucas is trying to reuse his his uh his assets. <laughs> uh here he's reset everything, but you can cheat. Like it was an unwinnable puzzle. Because, you know, for for Clancy, mm -hmm. uh, but since, you know, the code is loser, you can avoid opening up the oil right here. It's a really like clever, like puzzle. Yeah. You know, um, what's uh, what, what's great is if you didn't find the happy birthday tape or if you didn't go through it, like you end up like the same fate befalls you that befell Clancy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah um and even though you know like the, the 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 purpose was never to actually test you the purpose was just to get you to kill yourself in this very ornate way lucas is really really angry that you have escaped him and so he decides to lob in a bunch of dynamite deciding i have cheated um and i can use that to blow a hole into his control room 
Yeah. <laughs> and I love it yeah. when you, when you get there, uh, he has fled so recently that his chair is still spinning. There's also like a cartoon uh, silhouette of dust. Like there's a version of him made out of dust that yep. you go up and you say, Lucas, <laughs> Lucas, and then it dissipates. It's real weird. Yep. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, it's uh, it's good. Yep. So he has moved on to menacing Zoe and Mia more directly. Uh, and the D series head is here. So we have both of the, uh, both of the pieces that we need. Yeah. And this is actually the last we'll see of Lucas. I guarantee he's a big part of oh, yeah. one of the upcoming DLCs. Yeah. Like it feels to me like they're recreating a Wesker, like not, you know, necessarily a very similar character, but a, like a nemesis, right? you know, that you're going to deal with multiple times here. Um, so you head to the, the boat boathouse, um, or you go to this safe room that's loading up with ammo. Like, here's a bunch of fire rounds for your grenade launcher. Like, <laughs> right. oh, okay, okay, yep. boathouse. Subtle. Um, no. uh, <laughs> so you, you load up for bear. Um, you get there, Zoe mixes up the two serums, uh, and Mia wakes up. And it's like, okay, we have two serums and two people. <laughs> this is going to go super smoothly. Um, you're about to leave when a gigantic uh, mutated monster version of Jack, like a, a Ludwig the Accursed, <laughs> like Jack, like bust in through the the wall and grabs you. I mm-hmm. hear, and his voice, even his voice acting when he's this monster, is like really, really phenomenal. It, it is. Um, there's some kind of effect that's done on it, but mostly the human portion of it is somebody who's just like at the end of their rope and like yelling it with almost this sorrow about. Yeah, it. yeah, yeah. His voice cracks a lot. Like it's really, really good. Yeah. Um, and this happens throughout this fight too, where you know he talks about because like you killed his wife, you know, yeah. like you. You know, you are a disruptive presence here. And he talks about those things. Mm-hmm. You know, he mourns his wife during this fight as this like pretty silly ass monster. <laughs> you know, this like big eyeball covered Ludwig monster. Yeah. Yeah. Another reminder that this is a Resident Evil game. He's covered with eyes as though he yeah. were a Birkin. Um, yes. And those eyes are his um, weak spot. And the bigger part of this fight than just doing damage is actually going up and down the two levels that are available to you and finding all of the eyes so you can shoot them closed. Yeah. Yeah. So you have to get them. And it's it's kind of like um, one of those like 3D. It's almost like a 3D puzzle kind of thing mm-hmm. because you're trying to find these eyes that he hides and get him into positions where he'll expose these eyes. Like he has right. them, you know, down you know on his stomach or on his crotch or like under on the inside of his thighs, things like that. Mm-hmm. You just have to get them from the right angles. Um, it is kind of like, it, it is a fight that the scale of it is hard. Like if you're not, you know, he can hit you and you, while you're doing something mm-hmm. and you don't see the wind up because right. he's giant, you know? So it's not, I'm like not that into this fight other than the, you know, the, the, the puzzle part of shooting the eyes and the dialogue. Yeah. Yeah. It just, it has reached the scale where the actual engine of fighting and dealing with attacks, uh, breaks down. Yeah, is is not not as good as it could be. Yeah. So I'm um, still good though. Like still like you're still getting a lot of good stuff from mm-hmm. it. It feels climactic. Um yeah. and I wish it was climactic. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, there's a there's a version of this this game that I would posit like a way of cutting this up that I think makes it follow a lot better yeah. where this is the end of the game. Mm-hmm. Um and then the the next part is done as like a second episode. Right. Something like that. Um so you fight him a lot. You you get rid of his eyeballs until he does this thing where he kind of pins you down and you do this kind of mini punch out thing where you have to block. You'll die if you don't block. Right. You have to time your blocks right while you're shooting him uh, in his remaining face. Mm-hmm. 
uh, until eventually um, he lifts you up. You know, it's still not doing anything. He's too has too much tenacity, and uh, Zoe yells for you to use the uh, serum on him. <laughs> right, and Eden's like, "On him? I'm going to cure him." Well, yep. no, you're, you're, you're not going to cure him. What happens when you inject, you know, inject him in the hand that he's using to hold you or the tentacle or appendage or whatever is that, um, he calcifies what happens to him, you know, Marguerite happens to him. Um, it deactivates and makes all of his matter inert and he crumbles to dust as well. Yeah. Yep. Cause I know as we'll find out, like when you are far enough along in your infestation, this is what it does. Yeah. You are more fungus than man. Yep. So you're out on the docks. You have your choice. You know, you have one serum left. Do you save Mia or do you save Zoe? Uh, and this is, you know, like you've met Zoe here recently, but she's been helping you out the entire time. Um, this is presented as a choice. I don't think that there is a great case to be made for why you would pick Zoe. Yeah, this, this, this doesn't lay track no. for what it's trying to do. Uh, not, not even really close. Like, and it weirdly doesn't, it doesn't subvert the thing either. You know, it doesn't mm -hmm. subvert things. So choosing Mia, which I think is the only sensible choice in character or in game really, mm -hmm. uh, results in the good ending. Right. So making the non-intuitive choice you're not going to make that the game did not set up. Right. Is the bad ending. It's really <laughs> weird. Yeah. Um, and it's like a pretty sad ending for Zoe because, you know, you get on your hovercraft, you know, she doesn't want to leave, you know, she is just despondent says, well, I guess it makes sense. This is my home. Apparently I belong here and you leave her in the dust. Yeah. Yep. And she says, well, I'm fine. I guess this is, you know, she kind of woes me is a little bit, yeah, yeah. but you know, it makes sense. But she's like, I guess this is me. I'm a monster now. Don't bother coming back. Like this is where I belong. It is appropriately a little bit sad. Yeah. Uh, but ultimately the plot forgets about her and I forget about her. Like yeah. I'm very curious is, uh, what, that, move on. what that Zoe DLC is going to do. Me too. It's not like where I would have, you know, necessarily put the focus myself. Cause I don't think Zoe is a very good character. Right. Uh, in this, like, I don't think she's super well developed. It's interesting that she was able to hold her own and like fight off, you know, the infection or what have you. Yeah. She, she held Whereas, her own. Like she was only spared because her family didn't like her. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, she, she definitely like, if, you know, when you play the, the DLC, like they talk about them, like hunting her at night and then during the day it being fine and stuff like mm -hmm. she definitely is resourceful and managed to survive. Mm -hmm. You know, she, she is a survivor, right? but she's also just not that interesting to me. Right. Um, a lot of it has to do with the fact that like when she first calls you and starts, uh, inter interfacing with you, she acts like real mysterious. Like she yeah. holds her cards really close to her vest and there's no reason why, No, no. you know, like she needs you. And like, maybe if you had actually like been straight with me. Mm -hmm. This whole time, I would have been less likely to get hurt, and I would have been more likely to help you. Yeah, yeah. It is entirely a narrative function that you're doing this, not like a character function. Right. Which is kind of a bummer, I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, but you're on the boat. Uh, Mia thanks you for saving her. She's like, I, you know, I don't really know what's going on. Uh, and this, uh, you come across this like gigantic wrecked ship, and then uh, the bobbies, the mold comes, uh, takes over the boat. You know, knocks you, capsizes the boat. You almost drown. Uh, and then you get, uh, you play as Mia. Yeah. Like, it wouldn't be a Resident Evil game if you didn't play as someone else. Right. You wake up as Mia outside of the tanker, um, and she's hearing voices, you know, calling her along, saying, Mommy, this way. Uh, you see Ethan unconscious on the ground. You never get a good look at his face. Uh, but a huge strand of fungus takes him away. 
you walk into the tanker for the nadir of this game. Yeah, I, th- I think this is bad. Um, I don't. Yeah, I don't think any part of this is particularly good. Um, it answers questions I wanted to have answered, but the treatment I would have for this game is have, you know, that like end with the fight with Jack. Mm-hmm. Have this be another episode where you play as like kind of Mia Origins mm-hmm. here, and then have Mia do the end game. Yeah. Because Mia is the one with the emotional tie to Evelyn with any of these kind of things. Like, it becomes Mia's story kind of from here on out. Right. But you only play as her for a portion of it. Yeah. You know, Ethan v. Evelyn doesn't have pathos. No. Really. Um, but, Eve- you know, Mia v. Via- via Evelyn might have a little bit more. So this just kind of feels like a digression mm-hmm. on your way to a climax that doesn't have a whole lot to do with you. Right. You know, it, it ends up being kind of a bummer. Even if there are individual things in that climax I really love... Um, this doesn't. It doesn't. It's not done my favors by being contrasted with the the Baker stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, after that climax, and it's also just not that fun on its own. Right. Um, yeah. Um, the tanker is not an interesting environment, really. Yeah. This, this feels like a, a bone for like classic Resident Evil. You know, kind of hallways and 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 doors and action. Yeah. You know, kind of Resident Evil. Yeah. Not a. Uh, not that great. Yeah. Um, so as you start walking in, you get these uh, kind of flashbacks of the ship in its heyday, right? You know, you see, you know, flashbacks of people, um, and then they kind of become corpses that are littered about. Uh, there's blood graffiti saying, she is not my child. Uh, you know, she's inside me. She's inside everyone. Yeah. Um, and we're getting kind of the origin of Evelyn. You know, like, this is obviously where all of this mold problem came from. Yeah. Um, what we learn essentially is that uh, Mia and uh, somebody she's t- traveling with, Alan, are transporting Evelyn right. on a, a commercial ship. Like they were asked to take this, you know, uh, they were asked to carry these passengers mm-hmm. uh, on this tanker. Right. Um, and then it goes, you know, goes bad. Yeah. Yeah. Obviously. Um, um, the, <laughs> which is the story told in Resident Evil Gaiden. If you go and play that entirely, you get this entire story. Yep, it'll tell you. So Barry and Leon were here. Yeah, just weird that be like this, they, they pop up just like what's up Mia lock and load <laughs> just like okay okay re seven we're back to that now I guess you know. uh, it was good it was the was BSAA good. it was good oh. we were away oh yeah. well um, um. <laughs> yeah uh, so the ship is destroyed and you're seeing more evidence of what um, uh, Evelyn did uh, Evelyn's um, you get up to a security room and Evelyn is there uh, with a tape. You know, she says, hey, you need to watch this. You need to remember what happened so we can be a family. So this is the way that she gets her recollection back. We flash back and actually see what happens as uh, Evelyn has kind of gotten out, you know, um, and uh, started infecting people. Um, You have some samples of her tissue, which is really important. Like we're going to end up getting those. Um, you get a note also that uh, reveals that whoever made Evelyn is kind of worried about an opposing organization stealing her. So that is why Mia and Alan are here acting yeah. as parents. Like th- the need to pose as family is something that is programmed into this bioweapon, which is what yes. Evie is. Yes. Uh, which we, we either learn here or we learn in the final lab. Yeah. But, you know, this thing that – and the reason why she takes the form of a little girl is because that was supposed to be, like, disarming. Like, she's a bioweapon. You send her into a town. Yeah. People see this little girl. They treat her kindly. <laughs> yeah. She bioweapons them. S- specifically and shittily, like, she is meant to be hidden among, like, refugee populations. Yeah. Yeah. And essentially that's what happened. With the, with the bakers in a lot of way. We'll talk about that a little bit, uh, the DLC. But, like, that's pretty much what happened. Like, it worked. It's just she's out of control. Right. Um, 
as you're kind of moving through here, they're like molded around, but you don't really have weapons uh, during this first part. Right. Um, you know, um, so it's a, a little bit of like, oh, you have to have to avoid things. You're slowly unlocking like the ability to, to fight back. Right. Right. There. Like um, I do like that you get these remote bombs, which is your only real way of dealing with the fat man uh, mm -hmm. molded that come around. Uh, those things are good and powerful. Um, you're also yeah. doing this really frustrating, like lock and key kind of uh, mechanism thing with you, this corrosive yeah. fluid. You spend a lot of time like backtracking and kind of poking the edges of this thing. And, and you spend a lot of time here just mm -hmm. kind of in general. And it's not very interesting as an environment. Um, you know, it doesn't feel like real and lived in, mm -hmm. you know, it's just kind of bland hallways. Right. Right. Um, and those remote bombs, which are powerful and like kind of fun to use, they feel like a weird like band-aid, like the combat was not going to be fun here. We just need to make it very easy. Right. You know, because eventually you do get the machine guns. Do you get them in the past, or do you only get them in the present? I think you. I think you eventually get them in both. But the machine gun, I it, it does end up with Ethan. So yes, you get it in yeah. both. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it, and it is one of the worst weapons um, <laughs> in Resident Evil history. I think. Yeah. Like this, this really sucks because you can aim it. So you, but it's the same way in like RE4. You don't want to use the little Uzi thing. Mm -hmm. You know, you never want to use like the because for some reason. The logic these games work on is like if it shoots bullets very fast, they are like tiny bullets that don't do as much damage <laughs> right. somehow. Yep. Um, so you can just like you just unload a clip into some one of these things heads and it barely like affects it. Like it's like a clip and a half for like not a clip, but like, a you know, 20, 21 bullets, 22 bullets into the headshots, mm -hmm. all headshots to like take out one of these things. Yeah, it's, it's almost never worth it. So if you if you took the model that Resident Evil works with for rapid fire and damage, uh, theoretically you could fire a bullet fast enough that it would actually heal somebody yeah <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> eventually if they're if they're fast enough and small enough bullets like it would just end up it would be like turn into a g-type i think that's what happened to burton <laughs> right yep so that's, oh, hunk filled him with too many bullets and he turned into a g-type <laughs> yeah <laughs> um because so it's, it's just super lame so like part of the reason why this section sucks other than just doing all the backtracking and dealing with just you know a lot of lock and doors and corrosive fluids and yeah. doing this kind of hot and cold thing with with evie that actually doesn't matter nope um you never actually find her based on it um is just that the none of the fighting is fun right here yeah uh, which up until this point like we didn't talk about it so much but like you fought um you know some some guys on your way to uh to get some of those key cards like we did a little bit of our non-boss just regular dude fighting mm -hmm. and once you get the shotgun and get some kind of weapons it ends up actually being pretty fun like yeah the combat in this game is good it yeah. just you start off it being like so desperately hard. Mm -hmm. um, once you get a little bit more powerful, it's actually like very satisfying and fun. Yeah. Um, it's not here. No, no. Uh, the hot and cold thing is, 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 is pretty shitty. Again, the story stuff is good. You know, eventually you get to the engine room and Evie calls me a mommy, you know, like, Oh, mm -hmm. like this is serious. You know, like she, she's aware of what's going on. She believes the fiction that Mia is her mommy. And her whole motivation is she doesn't want to live in a lab anymore. She wants to live yeah. in a in a house. She wants to find a residence um, and take up. Because some... she's programmed to. Right. You know, so it's it's a tragic thing. Like, you know, Evie is not as interesting to me as the makers in this game. Right. Um, even if if one if there's a causal relationship. But Evie is still like a tragic, good mm -hmm. character. Right. You know, maybe not Lisa Trevor, but like still good. Right. You know, because she's. I mean, she's not human, but she has a humanity imbued to her, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, you know, Evie approaches, you know, and then we're still in the flashback here, encases Mia and Fungus. Um, and, you know, this is, I think, where her, her infection takes place. You know, both her and Alan are down. You know, you find the laptop, and this is where you record the video 
uh, email that you know you sent to Ethan at the beginning of things. And after this, you mm-hmm. have, you know lost lost your memory as Evie comes and says, "Hey, we're going to be together forever," and tears the ship apart, fleeing Mia overboard. There are also just in this whole section a few too many times of like Evie being a creepy little girl that like jump scares <sighs> right in front of you. Yeah, and uh, I just I think as far as like freshness of horror tropes, creepy little girl is significantly less fresh than cannibal family. Yep. Like they're both established tropes, but I don't see cannibal family nearly as much as I see a little black haired girl mm-hmm. who's a ghost and can walk through walls and shit. Yeah. It feels de- very cliche. Yeah. <laughs> and even in the best kind of circumstances, I'm not as freaked out by, by, by a little, I, I couldn't care girl. less. Yeah. Like, like a little ghost girl does not scare me at that, all. Like, like that it just doesn't, didn't yeah. even work for me in fear, which, yeah. Yeah. Which like, it, it's more like, you know, I, I'm kind of a defender of fear one, like and Fear 3, weirdly enough. But, like, I think those games are kind of fun. Yeah, oh, they're fun um, games. Like, I, Yeah, I, but I they're think... not super scary. Yeah. Um, you know, and, it, like, the, this little girl, this kind of, a lot of this plot stuff feels like it's kind of from the pages of Fear. Mm-hmm. It's, like, the dark side of this guy's, you know, having written Spec Ops, which is, like, wonderfully written. Yeah. And then Fear, which is, like, well-written, but not as special. Yeah. Or interesting. Like, when the, when the story leans into Evie, other than her actual origins, like, I like the logistics of her. Mm-hmm. I don't think on screen she's particularly scary or good. No, no. The idea um, of Evie is better than her actual The execution. Yep. 100%. Um, so then you go to, uh, after that happens, we, we flash forward to the present day. Um, Evie wants you to be a family. Like, before, Mia says, like, we are never going to be a family. Like, you know, you crazy, you crazy little psychopath. Like, <laughs> you, you crazy weapon. You're an object. Yeah. Yes, like you, it, this is the rejection, you know, like this, yeah. this is what causes Evie to kind of like lose the last of her hold. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, so you find a security ter- terminal and you get to Ethan, who is completely molded over in the engine room. Um, it's kind of fun because the bunk room has a magazine about the 16 year anniversary of the Raccoon City incident. So we're in continuity. Yeah. <laughs> um, you kind of, uh, boy. You do, you do a lot more, and th- this is the other part of the reason why this tanker sucks, is we do, do it twice. Yep. Uh, but it's not different enough to feel, like, transformative and cool. Right. Like, like the... it's more, it's more you know, hurt, it, or it's more, like, degraded. Right. It's but more it fungus, is... but it's not that interesting. It's functionally the same, it's... except some doors are broken, and your whole mission here is to is to uh, build the elevator back up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you do, do some puzzles. Uh, it kind of culminates with a mini-boss fight uh, with, uh, we had to get this cord um from a, a piece of electric you know get the uplink download the files or whatever mm-hmm. um and a fat zombie uh chases you yeah uh in here there's actually like a unique uh cinematic you can get hmm. from this thing um if you get it to corner you and get it to grab you um you can put an explosive on it on its head and blow it up in one one go oh nice um i've only seen it online i couldn't get it to trigger yeah um i was trying to get it to trigger because i hate fighting with a machine gun mm-hmm. um but uh, i couldn't get it to go Yes. He just kept swiping instead of grabbing. Mm-hmm. So when you get to Ethan, you know, you get this hallucin, you know, the, 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 the perspective shifts and you have this hallucination um, of, you know, you're back in the main house. You're in the living room. This is room. as Ethan. Yes. You are. So, you are. Yeah. You are Ethan. Yes. Um, you get a hallucination of uh, Jack and Zoe. Notably, Jack is lucid. He's talking to you. He's not, you know, psychotic. He's not trying to make you eat human parts. You know, mm-hmm. he's saying like, yeah, well, n- none of us are killers. We're, we're, we're good people. You know, we're just a family keeping to ourselves. Um, and then he tells the story about, you know, finding Evie at the bayou after the, uh, the, you know, the, the, the hurricane and receiving the gift. 
And yeah. what, he, what he wants is to have his family freed, you know, so like, hey, you need to stop Evie. Like he gives you the mission and like he seems like a good guy, really ignorant of what his son's up to. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And, and just this whole idea, like the way you're talking to him is because everyone who's infected has this kind of shared mindscape. Yeah. Kind of thing. I don't think it ever explicitly says that. I think that's just kind of you figure it out through piecing together things later. Yeah. But that's why this is happening. You're part of a super organism is, is I think the description that you get. Yeah. Like a fungus. Yeah. Mia gets you out. Mia like pulls you out um, and kicks you out the door. <laughs> essentially. Like I will deal with this. I will fight Evie. Um, we should take a note and mention what happens if you do the bad ending. Yes. I uh, hear because this is the major difference between the two. Right. Um, if you save Zoe, um, Zoe died right away anyway. <laughs> Yeah. So you see where she dies. <laughs> but Mia shows up here for another, like a final boss fight mm-hmm. with her. Uh, that kind of shadows the first one. Right. Um, yeah. But you, you fight her with, with melee. Yeah. Uh, stuff. So rather than r- rather than her willingly pushing you out and saying like, yeah, hey, I need to take responsibility for this. I will keep her as busy as I can. Uh, you go. Uh, you end up, uh, you know, she is angry with you and she gives into the infection. Right. Yeah. Yeah, and you get in this fight. So it's it's kind of cool. It adds a kind of a climactic boss fight mm-hmm. to this, but at the same time, it just requires you making a really dumb choice. Yeah, <laughs> a yeah. dumb, uh, unmotiv- unmotivated choice. Yeah. Again, you know, they just they did not lay tracks for. Yeah. So you start working your way through the swamp. You know, the bayou is full of dead fish. Like something is desperately wrong with this ecology. <laughs> yeah, I, lo- um, I love that. I love these dead fish. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, you end up having to like uh, go through like deep water and they're right up against your face. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, but you work your way to this uh, observation station that is over top of some mines. Your, your final save point. Yes. So this is your final, you know, there's a set of bird cages in here. Like you can buy the Magnum if you got, you can buy anything you have money to spend on mm-hmm. um, and kind of load up for bear. Like this <laughs> is when you want to uh, get ready to fuck some shit up. <laughs> and you are going through the final section of this game, um, the mining section, which is the uh, proper like revenge section. <laughs> you know, the idea is I think that you now have all of the weapons. You get all of Mia's weapons. Yes. From the thing. And because of those remote explosives, like she's very likely to have a full machine gun and a lot of pistol ammo. Mm-hmm. Um, and you spend this time killing a lot of regular molded Yep. Uh, on your way here. Um, And it's pretty fun. Like a lot of people are really down on this. I think this is actually pretty good Um, and is a good mix of like, you know, the combat is fun. And then the actual lore stuff we get from the lab and things is very interesting to me. Yeah. I'm, I'm good for a little bit of empowerment. (laughs) Like I enjoy the, uh, the, the, the roaring rampage of revenge. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It it works, you know, especially after you were, you've been so behind the curve for the, for the entire game Um, while you're doing this, like, you're hearing radio signals. Alpha one is contacting Bravo one. Like they have um, been searching the Baker house, you know, as, as you're doing this, as you've been away and they have intercepted radio transmissions. Lucas has been talking with another company. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) And we find out like a lot of things about this. Like um, he has, uh, they have released him from her control. Uh, So he's kind of a plant. Right. uh, Here. Um, (laughs) Our fungus is, is fungus a plant or is it an animal? I think it's kind of both. Yeah, well, this one's a plant. Other ones are animals. Okay, cool. So the, uh, so he, um, and, you know, he's like, hey, you know, it's kind of fucked up what you guys did. Her obsession with family is making this, this rough. It's real creepy. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's, brought, it's real creepy. It's brought a new color to this proceeding. Yeah. But, uh, and, and she's aging rapidly. 
um, you know, he, uh, he kind of reports. Mm-hmm. So again, like this does feel like they're making a villain to me, yeah. you know, like having him be in on the scheme is a little bit unnecessarily complicated for this, like it's teenage it's, engineering, super genius, sadist, saw jigsaw <laughs> character. Like there's a lot going on with Lucas. Yeah. He should definitely pick a lane, I think. Yeah. But it's also like literally exactly what Wesker was doing. Like he, yeah. he was, he defected again. He, he was working for umbrella and then defected away from it when he realized that he could use the, the information that he had, you know, in order to work for these other umbrella like uh, organizations. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's it's not like it's not super odious. It's just not my favorite right. thing. You know, like I'm looking at, you know, I want to see what they do with him. I think his voice actor is really good. There's a lot of fun things to be done with Lucas, but yeah. he's also not my favorite part of the story. No, no. Um, I like his area a lot. <laughs> yeah, I do too. Like, I think that's actually one of the more fun stretches of the game. Mm-hmm. But yeah. yeah. Um, so as we, we, you know, we also find this memo uh, that describes these symptoms of the E-series infection. Right. Um, and it talks about being able to like reattach severed limbs and, and the like, <laughs> which I might as well say, isn't that right? Ethan at the end. <laughs> like, yeah. You are Ethan series. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so you find a special box with the mummified fetus that you can use along with Evie's tissue sample, which, uh, uh, you have gotten by hook or by crook in the tanker itself to make a necrotoxin. Like this is the thing that will, uh, that, that will deliver the killing blow. Yes. Um, and you find a memo, uh, about the development where they took a special strain of fungus. Every Resident Evil game has this where they were like, where from nature we got this, um, yeah. you know, to, to do this. And what they've been doing, as I said, they're trying to convert enemy troops into allies, uh, much like, you know, was being done with the BOWs, uh, the zombies. Uh, and they chose a standardized appearance of a 10 year old girl to help her blend in among this refugee population. Yes. Yeah. And this is also where we get the memo where it talks about, the molded being this kind of collection of many organisms rather than just being one large one. Mm-hmm. Um, and the serum not working for people that have advanced infection. Right. So after the fact, we learned why you couldn't cure Zoe. Mm-hmm. Um, and speculation on why uh, Evie settled on this family uh, or why they settled on a family as a mechanism for control. Right. Um, you know, she's doing this because she didn't have any real family love. So now she is enforcing it. Right. Um, during this whole time on the way here, um, you know, we're dealing with this kind of uh, mix up and like uh, of of things we've already dealt with. So there are all the different kinds of molded. Um, there are traps like Lucas has has presumably been through here. There are trip wires and exploding crates, <laughs> things like that. Um, we didn't we missed a molded just you know just so we don't get. Uh, there are also crawling fast molded molded. Oh, we yeah. talked about the regular ones and the blade arm ones and the big go- big guys, but there's also little guys that are fast. Right. Um, and uh, usually we'll die to like one or two shotguns. Mm-hmm. Um, but they, they move a lot like liquors. Like it made me nostalgic, like all <laughs> oh, those things, you know, crawling towards me like that. But we're yeah. getting a huge mix of all those guys mm-hmm. um, until we finally get to the uh, the end uh, of this thing as we go up this like spiral. Yeah. Um, Evie is taunting us um, about, you know, asking us to join the family, all these things, kind of boilerplate and uh, sending molded after us mm-hmm. up the spiraling, uh, you know, kind of cliffside until we eventually get to this room where there are two fat molded. Yeah. Which actually function as kind of like the end boss, yeah, of the of the game. Uh, the rest of it is very cutscene like, right? Um, there's a lot of things to kind of dodge around them in this, mm-hmm. um, and really kind of interestingly, like there's a there's a ladder you have to get past. Um, they will squirt you if you try to go up the ladder. Um, <laughs> you can actually distract them and get to the point where you can escape without fighting them, right? Um, which is tricky to do, mm-hmm. but you don't have to kill them. 
Um, it's fun to fight them. It's fun to fight two yeah. of them at once. Uh, Especially if you have uh, if you have any of the remote bombs left, mm-hmm. that makes a big difference. Yeah. It's also fun when they both both bomb at the same time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no. they, they, it's a, there's a part of this that feels kind of glitchy to me. Yeah, um, they, they overlap with each other uh, sometimes. Like they won't they'll clip into each other, mm-hmm. um, and they will clip into the um, the, th- the the formation, the rock formation on the left, not the one with the uh, the ramp you can walk up. Mm. But I've seen them like clip into it and kind of puke through it. Yeah before as well so this is kind of like weird like i don't usually complain about technical things but it made this fight slightly less fun than it could have yeah Uh, because it's really about like managing line of sight and managing you know cover a lot because of the slop yeah yeah because they're 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 gallagher boys (laughs) so So this gets us to the end game, uh, mm-hmm. which we get to by opening, you know, pushing down this plank, this plank wall, uh, walking through and revealing this rough-hewn hallway. Uh, yes. We're in a basement. It's weird. There's a we find Grandma's wheelchair, which uh, has you know done its final warp. Uh, it's mm-hmm. here, but it's empty. Uh, yeah. You find out you are in the guest house basement. You have walked through the door that Mia remembers having been there, but has been covered up. And and most notably, um, that picture with the pic- picture of Grandma that says E001 <laughs> is still there. Yep. So there's a real, like, Chekhov's E001. So you pick it up and you go, like, oh, shit. Uh-oh. You know? yeah. yeah. Because putting all this together, you know, saw montage, uh, Grandma isn't Grandma. That is a little girl. Yeah. Her, yeah. Her, her aging, you know, like being away from the treatments and the chemicals um, has caused her to age very rapidly. So that's her. And they've done a very good job of having it kind of be you know uh you can buy it that no one has acknowledged her uh-huh the whole time because like you can imagine you know this old kind of catatonic grandma that like everyone just kind of treats as a, a plant right essentially again just you know not the lucas kind of plant or the fungus kind of plant <laughs> right. um but the uh you know like a, a fern uh-huh. you know, kind of treats like a fern and like it just kind of worked like i was surprised by this even though they they you know foreshadow it well mm-hmm. you know like i was just like oh shit you know like <laughs> huh that's pretty cool you know like this whole you know all these times the reason why she teleports around like that could be her that could Mm -hmm. also just be you imagining her like you imagine young evie yeah you know Uh, that's how she's getting down in the crawl space (laughs) you um if you try and kill her and you you know you just like you can't draw the gun on her well that could be ethan not wanting to shoot an old woman well it could also be evelyn saying no you can't do that i'm not going to allow you to (laughs) yeah Pretty, pretty great twist. Yeah. And the details are there. Like, it was super satisfying to play through this a second time, knowing the overall arc of the story and see how they had been kind of planting that stuff the entire way. And by planting, I mean, like, taking and putting it there intentionally. Not, not like not, Lucas. Not, not, not uh, Lucasing okay. or ferning it. Yeah. Okay. Or mushrooming it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, the, uh, I guess that's what we really learned today is that plant is a very versatile good word. <laughs> yep. yeah. There's one takeaway. Yeah. Do you mean plant like the place where they created the molded? No. <laughs> uh, so this next little section is you kind of reliving the beginning of the game mm-hmm. um, in like a hallucinatory, dreamy way. Right. Um, you know, you kind of uh, making your way through as Evelyn kind of assaults you with hallucinations of your fight with Mia. Right. Uh, bring you back. <laughs> like there's a doll that is around that is yeah. spooky. 
<laughs> it's it's the doll that you found in the basement with the uh with the ev zero zero or the e zero zero one picture mm. uh but like uh, it's ridiculous it's like the peewee the peewee's big adventure like regular doll miniature doll extra law like there's yeah. just a room that is full of these gigantic blue dress dolls mm-hmm. <laughs> and the only real path you can take you know gets you up to the attic where zoe told you to escape from in in in, in the first place um, but when you get up there, you know, Evelyn as a child standing at the, at the end of this hallway, kind of sending this psychic wind attack toward you. You have to guard on your approach, you know, as she's buffeting you with this to make your progress and, you know, not die because you'll take damage. When yeah. You, when you get there, you can stick her with the syringe, revealing not just grandma, but melty grandma. Yeah. Yeah. And really, a really great uh, line delivery here as well, where she's. You know, a little girl that has this progeria kind of thing that is this advanced aging, where she's like, "What does everyone hate me?" <laughs> Which is like the killer line for yeah. this to me. Like for some reason, TV tropes really, really glommed onto this damn you all to hell right. line which seems boilerplate to me like that just seems like something that a villain you know that's like the witch, wicked witch would say she's melting or something right but the why does everyone hate me is like a little girl's conception of what's happened right you know that's why that is a cool impactful line to me it, it, it is it is what a teenager who get like had her locker written on by a mean person would say yeah like yeah. she's saying this is unfair right you know, it's like, well, there's, you know, you're beyond fair. Like, you know, that, that's not really in the equation here at all. Like, you know, right. you, you've done you've done terrible crimes. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not your fault necessarily, but you've done terrible crimes. And just like, oh, everyone hates me. Like, it's really, really cool to yeah. see that come out of an old cool. You know, I just I'm, I'm in favor of the misery of the elderly. <laughs> me saying that's cool. That's what that means. Right, right. Um, <laughs> yeah. The, uh, so it's, it's not it's not just shorthand for like effective or, you know, artistically satisfying. It's actually what it, I think is yeah, best practices it, it, it in is, real life. It is a tacit endorsement. Yeah. yeah. Um, so this gets us into uh, the final boss fight here, which, yes. um, you know, <laughs> you're up in the attic um, and grandma is this gigantic face sticking out of the wall, wall with, uh, yeah. with tentacles. Yeah, this um, this only kind of works for me at all. It's like it's I, I real, think this is kind of dumb. It's I, it's super dumb, and also it uh, punishes you with instant death, which I just have no time for. Yeah, I'm not I'm not very interested in instant death. I don't think it's like I know why they had to have like kind of a climactic uh, kind of conclusion mm-hmm. to this. You know, some kind of big fight. Um, I just don't think it's very interesting. Like, there's only one place to aim. Like, you aim at the the face. Mm-hmm. Um, it kind of moves towards you a little bit, like a you know Final Fantasy demon wall. Yeah. Thing. Um, you have to fight it back. Until eventually uh, it explodes out of the house, Um, you know, as this like, again, just kind of like big, you know, I guess not that dissimilar to Jack. But the fact that like we're kind of like half in the psychic realm Mm -hmm. or you were kind of like half in the psychic realm before this, too, like makes this a little bit confusing to me. I don't uh, you know, I don't know. I'm not not huge into this. No, Um, I do um, like that. She is like bigger than God and like holding you high above the guest house itself. Yeah, like yeah. she becomes she becomes a, a gigantic slime monster. Yeah, thing, and she is really you know there's a huge sense of scale. <laughs> um, in the end of it, actually, it ends up being a little bit like this is the part that reminds you of Dead Space is like the ending of Dead Space where you have to shoot from upside down. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this thing as uh, somebody from a helicopter throws down a gun and says, "Use it." <laughs> um, being in Resident Evil fashion, instead of it being a rocket launcher, though, it is a gun called the Albert O One. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is a gun that is specifically designed to be anti-BOW. So you make your final shot with this and it causes her to calcify rapidly 
and you know you drop a great distance you know to land mm -hmm. you know to land and look up at the daylight yep uh and then coming out of the daylight is uh chris redfield who has been on like a muscle reduction program <laughs> like you know how people get liposuction or like people get uh breast reductions things like that like chris redfield has gone through some kind of treatment yeah, to cut yeah. away large portions of his muscle <laughs> well he donated he donated all of his muscle yeah when that when his little beefy sidekick shows up and not a hero he's gonna be huge he's just gonna be like a, a a muscle golem but he comes up he's like i'm redfield uh i'm glad we found you i don't know why he doesn't say i'm chris, chris. yeah uh, but i'm redfield I'm glad you found you uh mia's already on the helicopter she's being treated yeah uh and you fly away and we see that the helicopter has an umbrella logo on it what huh um that's those are all answers we'll we'll find in this dlc yes uh so why would chris redfield be working for umbrella he hates them shits yeah yeah. dedicated his life to going to war against them um yep. and you know as the chopper flies over the you know, over the swamp this you know the beautiful scene you know it's morning you know ethan monologues mm -hmm. you know like yeah the 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 bakers were victims too you know now that evelyn mm -hmm. is dead you know they're the guys who you know clean up the mess you know yes. maybe, maybe this is when the next door opens yes even though like weirdly enough like hey you're still infected bro yeah <laughs> like you've got you've got this infection like that's got to be dealt with in some way yeah before um, before and, it advances too much but you can you can envision a world where both ethan and mia become the people who can fight lucas because they have a similar advantage they've got the uh the regenerative regenerative powers without any of the control yeah yeah yep um yeah and that ends up being resident evil 7 it's so good. It's it's incredibly good. Like even though the ending, you know, like mild bummers. Uh-huh. Um and for a while too. Like even though there are cool things in the salt mine, I like the twist a lot. I like the build up for it. Mild bummers in the ending, that's you know, about a third of the game uh -huh. is kind of tinker. At least by by, you know, if you know what you're doing, you can speed through the scariest parts. Yes. If you don't know what you're doing, um those are the most like tense and terrifying almost parts of a game I played in a very long time. Like in the beginning part of this game, when it is scary, it is scary in a way that I is more effective than almost anything. I think. Yeah. Like it's extremely scary. Mm -hmm. um, you know, being stalked is scary. Just kind of you know the perspective changes things quite a bit. Um, you know, and just kind of that mix between like being in a gross house where you're <laughs> outnumbered and you are outgunned and you cannot fight back um, just works really well. And that relatableness, yeah. like those combat barks, the writing. The you know the fact that these kind of do map onto the the hillbilly psychopath mm -hmm. thing makes this more manageable than something like Penumbra or uh -huh. Amnesia, which are both like very scary games that I mm -hmm. I really love, but this is scarier to me because it is real people, yeah, using words and describing what they're going to do. You know, it's <laughs> it's not just like wah, wah, wah. you know, it's like like I'm gonna tie you down, boy. Like I'm gonna take your leg. You don't need two legs. You know, <laughs> some people got none. Yeah. Um, and I'm like, well, shit, like, I, you know, like that just, it works for me. Um, and all of the, you know, the characters are just really, really well sketched out. Yeah. You know, uh, the antagonists specifically, but even, you know, even the main characters are like, even somebody like Zoe, who was like, I, I'm not my favorite character in the game. Like is still like pretty well sketched out. Yeah. Like follows. Yeah. You know, uh, I, I agree. Like it is great to see them, you know, not just like go backward to something that really works for me, the classic RE rhythm of, you know, those things we talked about at the beginning, the scarce resources and the limited inventory, you know, puzzles and things like that to, you know, to go to a, a, a smaller kind of scale. Like they take that and they elaborate on it. You know, they make it this awesome marriage between, okay, well, aiming and stuff matters. You know, you're not just moving around 
a little tank man and hitting you know hit, hit, hitting some things with auto aim or whatever like no you have to manage this you have to be a little bit competent to play it but like that synthesis heightens this and brings it you know to a different kind of tension than they than they have you know done before the writing clinches this like the writing is my favorite thing about it mm-hmm. and we we you know we, we we harped on it so much um harped on it in a positive way whatever the positive version of harping is we, we lauded the, it we talked yeah. sugar yeah yeah we, we we heaped praise on it um but the fact that it stays so focused on the idea of family as the core of it that's what makes the bakers relatable you know from the very beginning when you see them in when, when, when uh, during the dinner scene all the way up to understanding the motivations of this sentient bio weapon you mm-hmm. know like that is the through line through all of it and that is the, the, the that is great that is a wonderful decision that i'm kind of like I'm, I'm a little bit nervous because they hit it so right that i don't know i i, I don't know how they're going to do it again Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I don't like I, I I can see them going in a direction where they escalate again with whatever Resident Evil 8 or whatever the follow up to this is. And I don't know that it'll be as satisfying as, you know, hiding out and cowering in the swamp house. Yeah, I, I feel like it won't be. No, like it's not that I think that it will be, uh, you know, bad. Right. Like I, I have a lot of faith and a lot of hope in what they're going to do. I just think that, like, I am so down for new umbrella doing monster of the week <laughs> shit. Yep. You know, like new umbrella gets comes in, even if it's just at the end, they just literally rescue like they always arrive too late after the story <laughs> right. and just but different articulations of it. I don't think that's going to happen. I think that because of Resident Evil and they're kind of, you know, what Capcom likes to do with these games is we're going to learn a lot about the company that made Eevee mm-hmm. and we're going to get a lot of characters and there's gonna be a lot of backstabbing and intrigue and like back, you know, uh, backroom deals and things like that, um, which I'm less interested in. But yeah. the, this first part, this freshest part is always like super, super fun. Um, and doesn't, it doesn't, this stands alone on its own. Mm-hmm. And without it, if like there were no more DLCs, I'd still feel like I got a good story out of this. Yes. You know, um, not a hero is supposed to be very actiony. Yeah. And, and the it's trailer supposed to take place uh, after bad. the, after the game. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, it, so it's, it, you know, maybe we'll answer how, how Redfield got here, but mm-hmm. it's not going to, uh, be the actual story of that. No, no. We should talk about the DLC just a little bit um, because yeah. they are very brief <laughs> um, and they all have kind of a, a, a hook that can be described. Yeah. Um, and this is something, this is like a minor point of, you know, shitty gamer consumer revolt, revolt controversy stuff because people felt like these were not worth the money. Mm-hmm. Um, you still get more stuff. So not a hero is actually free for everybody. Right. Really enough. Um, everyone gets end of Zoe. Uh, Zoe of the Enders um, <laughs> shows up uh, later uh, as part of your season pass. And these two band footage sections that have come up, like I get being unsatisfied with these because mm-hmm. you can complete all of them in about three hours. Right. And, you know, I don't go for like time to money ratios and games generally, but mm-hmm. they're not very meaty. No, you know, there, there's some that are better than others, but like they're not particularly meaty. So I get the kind of controversy of it, mm-hmm. you know, it's, but it's also not a complete picture. No. Like you still have something else coming and we don't know what that'll be like. Right. Um, so there's four of them or four or five. Uh, uh, so, 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 so there's five like uh, individual yeah, five little segments. Yeah. We yeah. should, we should talk about the ones that are modes first. There's yeah. Ethan must die mode. 
um, <laughs> which is its own kind of scenario where you die in one hit and it is meant to be like a Dark Souls kind of thing. Explicitly, you're working your way up to where you died to get your stuff back. Yes. Yeah. Um, you know, challenge mode for people who, you know, Resident Evil games have always been based around like replaying multiple times to get better scores or in harder modes. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, this is no different. This is just codifying something that you would do as your own challenge. Uh, it feels like to me in yeah. a lot of ways. Um, there is Nightmare, which is another. Uh, are you Clancy in that? I think you're Clancy. Again. Yeah, you're Clancy. Like you are. God, everyone loves Clancy. <laughs> if, if he's not on the screen, you should be asking, "Where's Clancy?" Well, oh, he's holding the camera, yeah. dummy. Um, yeah. So of course, um, he's not on the screen. Yeah, it's like a it's horde mode uh, is what Nightmare yeah. is. You're in the basement and you have like a little machine that uh, that breaks uh, raw material down into stuff you can use to craft. Uh, and you have to like survive these waves of different enemies coming at you. Yeah, this is extremely hard. Yes, I did not get. Excuse me, I did not get very far in this. I, I attempted to um, play it because I like the combat of this game and I like the idea of that resource loop. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's extremely hard, though. Yeah, it's fun. Like you set up traps and turrets, and like it's interesting. Yeah, but uh, much more successful, I think, are the three narrative-based ones. Um, least kind of uh, weighty of all is the uh, the poker the blackjack one what is that one called 21 21 um which is clancy again mm-hmm. um in a kind of saw meets blackjack <laughs> mini game against another captor okay uh, ca- ca- captured what would be the word for that what's the noun yeah, for yeah, someone yeah, who ca- is captured ca- captive yeah captive thank you yeah. um another captive um right. and this is like you know it's like 21 you know you're playing blackjack but when you uh when you lose like you lose a finger um, you know, and the stakes kind of keep ramping up in kind of a ridiculous way that is kind of fun. Uh-huh. You know, but it's also pretty slight. Right. So like, like the I think there are like there are two kernels to this. First, you are getting more Lucas, which is which is fun. Like mm-hmm. you're you're hearing it that character and that voice actor do more, you know, <laughs> say more stuff. Um the other thing is, you know, figuring out that like it's not just straight up blackjack. Like when a card is out there and available, like, you know, they're they're only like one of each so if the other person has a one or if you have a one you can know you can't draw one yeah you can't draw one um and so like that helps you make more educated guesses about how you should bet and that ends up being the way that you do it and you have like these weird trump cards as well that you can use to affect different things so like if if the other guy has drawn a particularly advantageous card you can have him give that up stuff like that yeah. yeah. And the, the kind of the most fun part is when your your opponent dies and then Lucas animates him with uh, <laughs> like a marionette. Well, he's not dead because at the end when the crazy spinning saw blade goes and kills him, like he wakes up. Oh, like, yeah. And, and struggles yeah. against it. Yeah. Yeah. He's almost dead, but gets, you know, gets piloted like a puppet <laughs> uh, through it, which is, you know, darkly humorous. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, a little bit more uh, substantial is the uh, the room escape one, which I think is just called the room yeah, be- bedroom bedroom yeah um and that is uh the escape room one mm-hmm. that we mentioned uh that has a twist that i have never seen um <laughs> on an escape room which is really cool like as somebody who's like relatively versed right in such things like i've never seen this <laughs> so well, <laughs> you're clancy again and you are in uh the master bedroom uh you're bedridden and kind of shackled to it and Marguerite is coming in and she really really wants you to eat her food and we know that doing this will speed up the uh will speed up the transformation. Clancy doesn't want to do it. And you have to figure out how to escape because she leaves you alone with the food to go like deal with Lucas or whatever. As you are trying to figure out how to get out, you are picking things up and moving them around. Um, 
<laughs> and you will hear like Marguerite say, I'm, I'm coming back. You have to restore the room to the condition that it was in in order to hide the fact that you had moved at all. And so it is a little bit like a spot the difference kind of thing, remembering what you have done and the order that you've done it in order to make sure she doesn't freak out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we had to, you know, it's this kind of memory match <laughs> kind of thing. Like it is you remembering where you put everything and having a limited amount of time to do it. Um, if she catches you once, you can blame it on Lucas. Yep. Uh, which is kind of fun. <laughs> um, but you only get that one shot. Right. Uh, you you have a couple of chances. Like she will, oh. she will hurt you. Um, but then eventually, uh, you know, she, she'll puke up the centipede and that'll kill you. I, I assume that I just had the one. I didn't know that nope. you could get hurt. Um, you get to hear Jack like shouting and stuff too. It is just <laughs> kind of like this weird picture in the, you know, this version mm-hmm. of, uh, of them, like as they were holding on to people before, you know, before uh, you came along and right. actually upset the apple cart. Right. But, but before new daddy showed up. Yeah. <laughs> but this is great. Uh, I, I, I liked this an awful lot. Yeah. I, uh, I like it quite a bit too. The final one, it's like beginning, uh, I forget what it's called. Uh, this is you playing as Zoe um, before the, or or during the time when Ev- Evelyn has taken over. Yeah, you get to see the the incident. Right. You get, yeah. and, and kind of coolly, you get to see what the family, what the Bakers were like before they were uh, kind of hijacked. Yeah. Um, so they go and they find uh, Evie. You know, she's covered in this. Uh, kind of uh, tar, you know, from the the ship. Um, they see, uh, you know, they have Mia, who is already they found before. Mm-hmm. Um, and just kind of you just just see the family, yeah. uh, as it is, um, you know. And as this happens, uh, you know, you they say, hey, go clean up Mia. Um, you go clean her up. She wakes up and says, hey, they're mine now. And then the lights go out, <laughs> uh, and you deal with seeing the family turn, right? Um, kind of one by one. It's very cool. Mm-hmm. So, you know, like it's really stealth based. Jack is coming after you. Um, you know, Marguerite ends up kind of prowling the main hall. She's got her lantern like it. It is a very stark turn as the house loses power during the storm, you know, for the simple act of kindness of going out and saving people from this gigantic shipwreck. Yeah. Yeah. Yep, yeah. Um, th- there are multiple ways that this can end. Like it's meant to be played a couple of times. The secret ending is you have to get up into the attic um, and figure out the way to get out to the uh um to the to the trailer to your trailer right where uh where mia is yeah um yeah and then you uh you know you get to the uh the bad ending is if you try to escape in the car just try to abandon your family Mm -hmm. and the bad ending is like a first person perspective of jack just beating the shit out of you yeah uh, which is pretty intense very much um that's the ending i got and then i just watched the good ending on yeah yeah. because i want to replay it but the um it's a little bit like dirty pool like they just say like hey go escape in the car mm-hmm. and you're like okay and then that's the bad ending <laughs> like yeah. oh you should have paid more attention well i i was yeah. i was doing what you told me to do <laughs> yeah yeah um so yeah it's it's kind of a mixed bag like i maybe wait till it's on sale or there's a game of the year kind of thing maybe it for just, the it, dlc yeah for the, for, for, yeah, yeah for the dlc that's what i mean It'd be weird if that was the takeaway for the entire product after all the glowing praise we laid on. Yeah, I'd be like, yeah, yeah seven out of ten. <laughs> um, the, uh, uh, worth a rental. Yeah. So we've already given kind of the final summary. Uh, it's it, it's great. Um, this has been a fantastic month uh, for mm-hmm. just general stuff. Like, I'm happy that we that we did this, that we cleansed our palate. Um, and I'm, you know, it sounds like I it sounds like I'm saying like so we can prepare for more stuff coming up. But like. 
November and December are looking really good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we got, we got good stuff. Eventually, you know, I'm sure our, our streak will end, but we got a good streak for the foreseeable. Right. So yeah. looking forward to that. Mm-hmm. So if you have thoughts that you want to write in um, about Resident Evil, I'm sorry it's too late by the time this comes out. Um, however, if you have thoughts about Transistor, Thimbleweed Park, or ActRaiser, the deadline for that is November the 15th. Yes. Um, if you want to support this show, um, you can do so by heading on over to patreon.com slash duckfeedtv. Um, we are hovering at or just above our most recent stretch goal, mm-hmm. our milestone goal. So um, help us stay above that to make our new show, Heartbeat City, mm-hmm. which will be coming out. There's a pilot available on the Duckfeed Presents feed. Um, that will show will probably start in November. Uh, presumably again, it's, it's Patreon independent, but that's my guess. Um, so hit that up. Um, if you're listening to this, you know, and, uh, think about, uh, what it is, you know, we're, we're doing this new version of this. I think this is the first month where, um, all three of the episodes are pretty weighty. Yes. Uh, you know, where we're doing uh, a significant amount of more kind of content, um, with this and we're happy to do it. Um, Mm -hmm. but just think about, you know, what, what that is possibly worth to you. You know, if that is worth a couple bucks a month to you, uh, please head on over to patreon.com slash TV. Please do. Yeah. Um, if you want to support us, but you don't have a couple of bucks a month to throw and you're going to be buying stuff on Amazon, consider going to duckfeed.tv slash tip jar um, and buying whatever you're going to buy um, through that doesn't cost you anything extra. And that's like an affiliate style thing where we get a small cut uh, of the proceeds of whatever you buy. goes a long way, especially during times either, you know, uh, when school starts back up or um when holidays are coming up like guess what winter holidays are just about here yeah um if you came out i think it is too late for the uh, portland retro gaming expo mm-hmm. at the time but if you came out and said hi thank you please and uh you know look out for that that episode will show up somewhere yes um somewhere where we need to buy time <laughs> the um but yeah uh thank you for joining us we'll be doing more uh live shows and hopefully coming to your neck of the woods mm-hmm. um and then finally ratings and reviews are very useful um hit us up with those yeah um, um i've been streaming more recently if you want to go to twitch.tv slash duckfeed tv been doing horror uh games and also uh doing some kind of like chill out games um trying to get back into the swing of that thanks to everybody who has watched those mm-hmm. yeah check it out um i think that's probably about it i think so yeah um so uh oh and just tiny little bookkeeping thing that won't actually stop us from getting a message if anyone was going to care we forgot to talk about the battle mode of code veronica and i'm just going to leave it okay so i just i just had that you know like you just have those things where like i didn't like wake up in a sweat i just but i was like up anyway like i woke up for some reason went to the bathroom i was like oh yeah we forgot to do that (laughs) and then went back to sleep and just leaving it so if you uh if you're pinning an angry email about that we apologize please yes there is a you know a fairly boilerplate resident evil (laughs) standard you know time attack scory kind of mode thing for code veronica right so before we go we have some people that we need to thank uh some patreon backers so first one goes to brian j sanderson thank you yeah, thank you, Brian. Um, thank you, Liam McCann, uh, very much. Mm-hmm. Uh, Fletcher Arnett. Yeah, yeah. yeah, we know Fletch. Yeah, and uh, we know the Fletcher. Um, thank you, Jacob Walters. Thank you, Jacob. Mm-hmm. And finally, thank you to Gabe Kroger. Yeah, thanks, Gabe. Um, we really do appreciate it. Uh, we sometimes forget to do these, but if you you have a thank you coming to you, mm-hmm. uh, it will come to you. Yes. So you will. You will. You can't. You can't escape us, boy. Uh, <laughs> Welcome to the family. The family of people who have given generously to us. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. I know, we know that sounded sinister, but we didn't mean to. Um, 
So thank you guys uh, very much. Until next time, uh, who should they watch out for, Cole? Uh, who, who is Goo Dog? Goo Dog's not bad. Did you read any of the things that said how they were originally going to have a family dog? No, uh, I didn't see that. Game? No, um, there isn't a lot of information, or I would have brought it up more in the yeah. thing. But they, that was a plan, and hmm. I was like, "Oh, that's that's kind of cool." Yeah, I, I I would not have liked shooting that dog, but it would have been, it would have been a fun yeah. thing to deal with. Yeah, or if you didn't shoot it, what if it was just like a good dog that led them to you? <laughs> like it just like tried to play and would just oh, like hang just, out and wag its tail by you, just serving as master. Yeah, yeah, and it just like show up and you're like, "Good boy, you you found your <laughs> supper." So this, you know. <laughs> You earned it. Um, this is kind of crazy. We, we didn't call this out, uh, but we're in the post roll, so it's fine. Uh, so it's all, it's still got in the episode. This might be the first Resident Evil game where there are not crazy mutated animals. Yeah. Like, like where there are not monsters that are just, here is a fucked up, bigger, more aggressive version of, a, of an animal that exists. I think that's part of the reason why it's so good. Yeah. Because it's like, you know, I don't care about the, the lore of the grave digger unless I'm, unless I'm doing monster trucks. Yeah, unless I'm talking about the monster truck. I was, yeah. was going to say, if you don't care about that, you can bite your tongue. You can yeah. you can do a show yeah. with somebody else. No, I care about that lore. GD4L, grave digger for life. On both knuckles. <laughs> yeah. GD4L, and then on the other hand, 4L, 4L. And then two exclamation points.